Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! the IMLD Home Studios. In its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. Hello. I, I can't hear you at all, Jason. Wait. Now I hear myself in an echo. I don't know what that means. All right. Jay, if you can hear me, try to get back in the way you usually do on your end on the computer. Because at the moment, I can hear both on the phone and on my headphones with the microphone at the moment. So you go ahead and try to get back in the way you normally do. Texted me that it was dead silent on his end. But I can hear myself and my echo and some really stupid sounding feedback. Uh, Jay is not on the line at the moment unless he was trying to commandeer the host part, so. So I sincerely apologize for anyone trying to listen to the first 13 minutes of hell here. Okay, here's Jay trying to get back on again. Okay, is, am okay. I here now? Yeah. 
Now, we're not out of the woods yet because I'm still hearing myself in an echo, so I'm going to try to hang up one of these connections, and hopefully that will not completely kill us. Are you still there? Okay. 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 So, I'm still here. There's one connection down, and I still hear an echo. So now let me try to turn the phone connection off and see what that does. Thinking that was the wrong one. Okay, am I, I think I'm back, but now I can't hear Dre. Dre says he can hear me this time, so we're going back and forth here. Uh, I had jumped in at one point uh, even to try to go and look in at the studio to see what I could see, and now I'm back again. So we're going to get this all figured out. Hopefully a lot of this is going to be uh, – a lot of times when we have these dead air moments, they tend to get shortened by the show. So hopefully we're not going to have this go live uh, to podcast with uh, you know 15 minutes of dead air. So. I think I think Dre's just trying to, to not talk about the last couple of weeks. I'm definitely trying not to talk about the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm on the phone and I muted the computer, so I think that's the way I got to go. Okay. Yeah, because when I just was talking there at the beginning, it was uh, I, I was like I was talking into a tunnel. It was just kept uh, reverberating me over and over and over. Yeah. Same with me. Um, so yeah, this is uh, connected this is a bit- few different ways, man been interesting for you these last couple of shows with the audio yeah um so the first the what happened last week was not could not be computer it it couldn't be the new computer because it was happening on the old computer too where it was giving me a message saying that the connection was not secure and therefore would not let me connect and then when i called in on the phone line it gave me a message i never heard before talking about this will this is outside your plan. It will cost you a cent a, a minute. And I'm like, what, what do you, what, what do you mean outside my plan? <laughs> so hopefully that only cost you 45 cents. Hopefully. Well, like I said, we'll find out when, when we get the phone bill. When you get that phone bill, uh, for, I, you know, about $6,000. <laughs> I've never heard that message before in my life. And I never had it where I tried to connect on the computer and it said the link was not secure, just would not yeah. let me connect no matter what I did. So. Well, maybe you know next next week uh, next week's show I will make it a point to to log in a few minutes extra early. That sometimes that seems to solve the problems. Um, you know when we yeah. when we come in like right at like within that last minute minute and a half before the show starts, it seems like we always end up having um, that. When we did have some issues in the past, it seemed like that was one thing that we kind of looked at and was like, well, and then, you know if there's an issue, we'll try to work it out a little. So I'll, I'll try to come in like five minutes early next show. Yeah, that, that might be it. Uh, but the reason I can't say for sure is because of the stupid crap I just described uh, last week. That yeah. Obviously, that wasn't your fault. You weren't there. So I don't know. Blog Talk Radio has been really good the last couple of years. And problems like this used to be regular. Uh, so hopefully it's just something 
rare and will be resolved yeah. uh, shortly. Right. You know, for, for, for basically the, the premium plan, uh, we shouldn't have mm-hmm. to be uh, on the phones and, and, and doing <laughs> things that way. So. And it was weird. I don't know how much. I don't know how much of what I was saying got heard at the very beginning. I didn't hear a, a thing. I well, haven't heard a thing the first thirteen minutes of the show. Okay, because there is a, so we'll fact we'll we'll see if any of that got caught. My hope is none of it got caught because the podcast <laughs> the podcast version seems to eliminate a lot of the dead air when we've had dead air right. situations. So hopefully that all compresses out of the show and. Uh, we don't start a show off with uh, 15 minutes of just dead space. <laughs> but I was I was talking about the, the the odd experience of going back and listening to a show that I wasn't on. Yeah. But I was talked about, so I was like, well, okay, well, that's kind of cool. You know, I'm still <laughs> I'm still participating. You know, like posthumously. <laughs> like you were dead. Like I was dead, <laughs> and you're reading my thoughts from beyond the grave. You know that was that was but it was a little weird, and you know I was I, I did mention the fact that you prophesized my win over you with the Jets, uh, that, because I'm listening to the show after the results. So I was listening to right. this on Monday when I was driving to work, um, because that was like the first chance. Because Sunday I was home, so I didn't have a chance. I was just watching football, and then Monday I was on the way into work. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go, and you know, I saw it was only like 52 minutes. So I was like, okay, I can knock this out on my drive into work and yeah, the, the one I'm, I'm laughing out loud in my car when you're describing the way I was going to beat you in that pick. <laughs> yep, like, I, I know it. That was just so, yeah. Cause you're like, you know, sometimes Jay just makes these picks and he has no reason. And those are the ones that he beats me on, but I still think he's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the Bengals. So, well, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I knew it was coming. Yeah. I mean, that one was, that was probably the one I was the most uh, proud of just because that was the most out of left field pick I probably had. I didn't have him to win. Um, and I actually thought Cincinnati got a, a little hosed because there was a, a penalty a personal foul late in that game. That was just ridiculous. There is no reason to throw the flag and uh, it extended that jets drive to allow them to win the game. So of course, you know, Mike White's the new hero of the jets. And then he gets hurt. Of course, of course. And, and now Josh Johnson is the new hero of the Jets. Uh, he was almost a hero. Uh, almost, he almost, almost, well, he was almost your hero. Yeah. Uh, what a what a backdoor ass cover that would have been an all timer. <laughs> no, all timer was the uh, Houston cover that we both got the L hung on us for last week when they snuck oh, in under when they snuck in uh, what was a thirty eight to nothing game and they sneak in under the sixteen and a half thirty eight to twenty two. That was cheap. Put that cover in the Smithsonian. That was absolute art. That was beautiful. <laughs> we got fucked, and I and I, I don't care. It was still beautiful to watch. Yeah, I, I don't care that we lost that pick. It was that no. was amazing. There's no chance Houston covers that spread if the Rams actually played the game. If they played yeah. the whole game, there's no way because they were so outclassed. It's not even. Uh, it wasn't close at all. No. And the Rams that just game, said, we don't, we don't care anymore. That was not a 16-point game. And, no. and there you are, taking the L on a six, both of us, too. Thank God we mm-hmm. did not disagree on that one because one of us uh, would have uh, an uh, absolutely legitimate beef about that game because that was some that was hot garbage. I'm glad we both lost that pick 
Um, you know, would have been that, would have been even better is if we had both won that pick that way. But no, like you said, it doesn't really matter about the result at this point. It doesn't impact us either way because we agreed on the pick and we lost. But yes, you just have to admire the art for somebody. Oh. You just imagine those people who are sitting there with a, a Houston plus sixteen and a half <laughs> who cashed. They that. probably tore the ticket up. Uh, like, oh, this is, that was dumb. Why did I do which, that? Which is exactly how I felt Thursday night when I'm sitting there in a 42 <laughs> to 10, 42 to 10 game midway through the third quarter, and watch the Jets uh, basically take that thing all the way to what the last half minute of the game before that deflected interception. The 10 yard line. Yeah. And and again, You're right there. There's no way the Jets were winning the game. There's no, there, no way they were winning the game. There's no way they were the better team on the field. There's no, no. way that they deserve to be within a, a possession of yeah. the, the Indianapolis Colts, the way they just gave it up to the Colts. I mean, they didn't have any resistance at all defensively. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that would have been an all-timer. That, that back door would have been uh, – that would have been beautiful. But this is the, the last couple of weeks. This is what I've been doing. So – uh, no surprise that they come up just short at the end. And the way Josh Johnson reacted to that tipped interception to, to close it out, it's almost like he had the, the the pick. It's almost like he was betting the Jets with the points, uh, not knowing that he was going to have to play that night, you know? He was really upset for a man that just lost the game by, you know, yeah. two possessions. Uh, he had good idea. It was a really big, really big L he took. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just, you know. I'm not saying. What, you got a little, little, a little cash sticking out of the back pocket? You think he was? I don't know. He, he really reacted. You know, you, you <laughs> lost 45 to 30, my friend. You you don't really, uh, you know, yeah, it wasn't really that hurting. close. He played good. I mean, he played really good. Yeah. Uh, and even up until the point when he got hurt, Mike White wasn't playing terrible. Uh, the revelation right. in that game is now that we are now minus Derrick Henry. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has a claim now as best running back in football. He is just turning. He's just gone like in absolute beast mode. These, this last four or five game stretch now with the Colts, he's put that team on his back. And when Carson Wentz yeah, is your quarterback, you need that. Yeah. Uh, we've, I think we've always uh, admired Jonathan Taylor. And I know we've definitely admired the, the Colts offensive line and they, yes. they put in work Thursday night. Yep. So I'll tell you a funny story about that game. You'll really appreciate this, especially now that the pick is concluded and I won the pick and you lost it, right? And we, we we went to the right to the brink. Maybe you won't appreciate me telling you this. I was Jets all day, all week oh. on that pick. And when that came in at 10, I was just like, Ugh, the, and I'm just looking at it and I'm like, give me, you know, I got to, Give me a reason to take the Jets. Or give me a reason not to take the Jets. Give me a reason not to. And it goes from ten and a half to ten. And I was like, oh, it's just that. Why is this moving towards the Jets? So that's when I just was like, you know what? No, this should not be moving towards the Jets. <laughs> and then I went and I put it on the Colts. And I just was thinking, you know, no way. You know, it's like it was cool to be on the Jets for one week. I'm like, they're, they they can't do this again. And so yeah, I I changed that from Jets to Colts. Basically, when I typed my pick in on Twitter. I was Jets all week on that pick. You know what? That figures. And how often? But where I'm really mad at myself is I'm watching this last drive and, like, 
they're going to do this to me. I was just all week. I could have just snuck in this under the number with Dre. You know, we could have gotten the backdoor garbage time. And it was just, yeah. And a game, like you text me when I was uh, texting you about it the next day, like no reason anybody should have had any interest at all in that, that garbage of a, you know, of a game. And there we are sweating it out all the way till the very end because only people who were betting on it or picking on it or any only people who had any care about that result were people on the number exactly only people who cared at that point were, were point spread uh, aficionados yes um yeah yeah imagine if you uh, were a better um and, and you got uh, ulcers over that game over that shit yeah <laughs> Yeah. Even if there. you won, you got ulcers over it. Either side, yeah. Because I, I won that pick, and I, I survived that pick. Let's say that. It wasn't right. that I won that pick. I, I, I outlived it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if I, had, if I had taken the L on that one, like my whole outlook, this is weird. I don't know if you've ever had this feeling. We never really talk about this. Like coming out of Thursday with a positive result, like when I was looking at oh, the yeah. plate, when I was looking at the slate, I was very unsure about this week. And it's like, you get that win on Thursday, and then you look at the rest of the slate, and it's like the skies open up, and you're like, oh, now I see it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it actually was like today when I came back to the lines and I made all my picks, there was very few picks as I was looking at these games that I, you know, had a lot of doubt about, which probably is a good sign for you because I actually went from feeling terrible about these lines on Wednesday and Thursday to looking at them now, like this one, this one, boom, 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 you know? So. <sighs> Look, uh, any feeling I could possibly have of confidence, uh, either way, the Thursday night pick, even if Josh Johnson leaves the miracle, come back to cover. Yeah. Uh, I still don't have any confidence about this week, just based off of the three and 12 that I just hung up last week. Like, how could I possibly have any confidence based on that? So, and then, you know, we, um, we talked about some of the bad L's. I mean, we both took bad. It's not like me going six to nine. I should feel great. Uh, but it could have been a lot worse. Uh, that that Monday nighter um, that I, I pulled that out uh, by the skin did. of my teeth on the point spread. So that was two and thirteen. I was staring at on that. <laughs> two and yeah. thirteen. That that wasn't that would have been thirteen. That was five and zero, oh, like going zero oh and five yeah. against me two weeks in a row. Twice, yes, that, yeah. that's exactly what that was. We we, we talked and about in the recap show for week seven how rare it is for one of us to run the table on the other when we disagree. Even if we disagree on four or five, it's very rare that one of us runs the table. And you're coming out of Sunday in week eight down four zero again. You're again. like, oh no, here we go again. Um, but yeah, leave it leave it to the Chiefs to look underwhelming again. Um, thank goodness. I, that's all I can say. I Um, don't want to like dance on the grave of the Kansas city chiefs, but let's realize at this point, three out of their four wins are against NFC East teams. They're not dead yet. They just, that aren't aren't the Cowboys. (laughs) So three of their four wins are Washington, Philly, and the giants. Yeah. Um, and, and Mahomes is still off. Clearly, he, he's still yeah, not. That's creeping into the narrative now. Like they're they're noticing this even on the broadcast. Yeah, it's hard to ignore when he's double pumping and triple pumping and looking like he really yeah. doesn't know where he wants to go with it. And uh, but I I did love uh, he's still second guessing something. I did love 
uh, how Kansas City started the game with very quick reads, a lot of creativity. Uh, I, I think they're basically, on, in general, on the right track. I think they did what I suggested they need to do uh, last week, uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. I think they kind of took Pat by the hand uh, for the, the first Maybe the whole first half they scripted out, I don't know, but definitely the first few series, and they said, okay, you're going to throw here. You're not going to read anything. You're going to take three steps and throw there, and the next throw you're going to take three steps and throw there, and the next throw you're going to take five steps. They really did map everything out exactly for him and try to lead him because when you're playing like that, when when you have a lack of confidence, he's uh, clearly having a crisis of confidence right now. If his first read isn't there, he's kind of panicking like, oh, God, now, now what? What do I do? Uh, and when you're doing that, you need your coaches to kind of you know, take you by the hand and say, this is what you're going to do. And that's what they did on Monday night to me. Now, the second half adjustments, you know, he, when you got a quarterback that's still not really trusting himself, there's only so much you can do. So they, they led him as far as they could, and that results in Casey putting up 23, um, and the Giants get 20 to cover 10 and a half for me, thank goodness. But I think in general, the Chiefs are on the right track. I think they see uh, that Pat's got that crisis right now. Uh, like you said, the broadcasters are seeing it. Um, they're, they're leading him out of the forest. I don't know exactly when he's going to be all the way to Pat, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I think we'll all see when Pat is all the way back to being Pat uh, because we'll all go, oh, yep, there it is. Okay, he right. didn't hesitate. He went right downfield. He saw that play, and he went. He did what he had to do. Uh, but right now, you know, baby steps. Yeah, this is different than what we'd seen from them in a couple of years past where they just look bored. This doesn't look like boredom right now. You know, this, this no. is, this is, there's some like discombobulation there and, and it's just, something's just not, you know, there's just something not clicking. Is it lingering? I wouldn't be shocked. We come to find out there's lingering health issues, you know, that he's, that he's pulling a Drew Brees. Maybe I don't think he's, I don't think he's playing through being mm. the human accordion, but when you are, you know, when you throw like he throws and you have lower body injuries and you rely so much on that shuffling around and being able to jump and no look pass and do all these things and these weird arm angles, if you've got lower body injuries, it's not easy to throw uh, when, you, when you can't drive the same or you're not comfortable with where you're stepping or stepping into those throws. There's, there's something amiss right now with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you may be definitely onto something there. That's uh, Jay, the quarterback whisperer, the quarterback coach, seeing what he sees on, on the field. Uh, I'm the the mental whisperer. I think I'm seeing some mental issues with him that uh, he's he having having that crisis, not trusting what he's seeing, and, and that could come from several different things. That might not that might, might not be a, a Pat Mahomes problem uh, exclusively. It might also right. be his talent uh, around him and that he's not trusting that they're supposed to be where they're supposed to be. And he might be afraid yep. to let it go because, you know, those those targets, those other guys, you know, outside of Tyreek and, and Kelsey, you know, those other guys, they haven't really established themselves yet as, you know, guys you can really count on. We, we keep waiting on, you know, Miko Harbin to make the next uh-huh. step and, and be a, a big factor. He, you know, he hasn't done it yet. Um, all these other random re- receivers running around out there. Uh, so, you know, we don't see what Pat sees, but that that might be a part of it too, is that he might not trust fully the guys that he's playing with. Yeah, and when you've got a receiving core that's been working really hard to you know let balls go through their hands, or you're bouncing, or balls yeah. bouncing off dudes' helmets after they go through somebody else's hand, and you know, and these are turning a lot of these 
just fall harmlessly to the turf for whatever reason right now with Mahomes, these balls are all landing in the arms of defenders. Yeah, he's definitely got many more interceptions than turnover-worthy throws, if you go by the, the old PSF yes. stat. Uh, yes. he, his interceptions are largely not throws that should be intercepted. They're, they're on the receiver's hands, right. and they're somehow winding up in the other team's hands. It's like, how did how does this keep happening? So, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot uh, going on there. But so I, I think in general they're, they're working their way back. I could definitely see you do that. You have a guy who, you know, goes stone hands on you, or lets the ball get too much into his body, like through his hands off his chest and then bumps up in the air, and then you get the def- – I can see having – I've been there, uh, you know. I, 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 I could even remember just playing street ball, losing confidence in guys out there when you're putting balls on their chest and they bounce off the guy's chest into the arms of a defender. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I can't I've, – I've, I've been there, you know. You, you don't tend to go back to those guys too much where you take a little oh. off the fastball. There you go. Uh, so you said uh, six and nine for you, and three and twelve for me. So for the season, that puts me. Uh, at, boy, I was flying high. I was looking at six hundred and going, "Yeah, I can see it. I'm hot." In the portion of the uh, show that did not get to air, I was talking about like you know when you were we were we've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like there was going to be a regression to the mean, and it, it, I didn't expect it to be this quick. Um, I didn't either. <laughs> you yeah, didn't expect it to be this. I, I thought I was on this like season long comeback trail just to get back in earshot because I'm 12 games back, um, and I'm just like okay, just you know one at a time, one at a time. No, I'm just like chunk chunk. Okay, it's a game again. <laughs> now you're back within four, just like that. So I'm. Yeah. 63 and 58 with the one push, and you are 59 and 62. So, yeah, right there. Uh, it's, it's been rough. Um, and I try, I, I've got the experience now of having some, some really terrible weeks after thinking that I got it all figured out. Uh, this has happened many times over the years, so I, like I'm getting new? better. Either one of uh, No, no, it's not. So I'm getting better at not letting it affect my entire week. You talk about how having a good Thursday night game affects how you your outlook for the rest of the week when you're when you're making the picks, uh, it, having a terrible whole week, having a terrible Sunday like I did, that has a, has a tendency to affect my entire week. Just you know, not even looking at football picks, just period. Like I go to work and I'm pissed. I go, I come home and I'm still pissed. <laughs> how did I lose that many damn games? Right. Uh, so I'm I'm doing better. I I didn't let it completely ruin my my week and. I feel uh, okay about my picks uh, tonight. Uh, not great, but you know, how can you possibly feel great after a three and twelve? Uh, but I don't feel like I, I was completely swimming in the dark either. I, I think I, uh, I don't think I completely fell off the ledge. I think I, I kind of pulled myself back up and steadied myself and tried to figure out. Okay, some some of these scenes, there's no way I can have any confidence because I don't know what we're watching. How can you possibly have any confidence? in the Cincinnati Bengals after they housed the, the Baltimore Ravens and yeah. just put it on them, turn around and, and get beat by the New York Jets and beat, you know, the, not, you know, you can't say they got beat badly because it was a, a close, no. a close game. But they but got beat. I mean, what they were the 11 Jets, point favorites. Right. And lost straight up. And, and what the Jets put on them offensively, that's, that's yeah. what I'm talking about when you got beat because the Cincinnati scored 31, but they gave up 34 and they gave up, uh, yeah. A lot of yardage to, to the great Mike White, the, the yeah. 422. Everyone was talking about him. No, my, um, I didn't get no, to break ex- it. No, no excuse. I didn't get to break it down, right? I just sent you a one-sentence thing. But my feeling was 
you know, and, and I did put it in the bur- the blurb I sent you, but th- this was this is a that was a classic letdown spot, right? Where you, you're Cincinnati, yeah. you're a young team, you don't really you've won big games, but you really don't know how to win. So now now you're going in to play a, a team that you should just roll up. So you just show up because look, we're hey, we're we're bad, right? We just beat the we just mm-hmm. beat the Ravens. We've been we beat. We've been beating everybody, you know. We, we've, you know, the teams, even the games we've lost have been really close. The, the they lost the Bear game and the Packer game, um, and and they had good quality wins. They weren't just like rolling up bums. They were beating good teams and showing up big in these spots. And here come the Jets, and they're terrible. And they got this no names. It, it just felt like perfect, right? They got Elvis. That's what happened. <laughs> They, they got trapped. They sure did. They they they, they uh, fell in the they fell in the trap. And then and, and late in that game, they had that back to eleven and let the Jets come back still. Oh, oh, that's terrible. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. Yeah, no, don't let that. Uh be lost in the shuffle that the Bengals led the game 11 by 11 with under five minutes to go and let the Jets come back. Uh, A great tip uh, interception by Shaq Lawson to to spur that comeback. So it wasn't all Mike White. It was a great team effort by the Jets out of nowhere. I just just don't know where they pulled that from. And so that leaves the question about the Cincinnati Bengals is, have we seen an arrival and, and the Jets L is just a lesson learned by the youngsters? You're not so bad as you think you were, you know, on their way to consistency or was the early success the fluke? So, uh, you know, almost a, an early real or fake when it comes to the Bengals. Uh, boy, I, I mean, I would say for the length of a season, it feels more fake. They, they feel like the team that the arrow is pointing up on, but maybe the record shouldn't be as good as it is. Does that make sense? It shouldn't be. Uh, uh, well, they're five and three now after that. Right. Uh, they were five and they two were five before and two that. With, with, with some quality wins on that resume. Yeah. Um, but this, they're not good enough to be overconfident yet. You know, they, they can't just show up and they're going to win games. And, when they got up 11, you felt like, okay, this is where the Jets are going to fall apart. This is classic. This is this is the, the team that's the bad team. And they, they, they fought really hard, and now they're going to collapse. And at that point, I'm just hoping for them to get another score to get the cover. And didn't expect them to come all the way back and win the game. I think that's more of Cincinnati's uh, inexperience, not, you know, rising up to the moment. You know, somebody's, you know, they they – got punched in the face. They punched back. I don't think they were expecting the Jets to punch them back again. And they didn't know how to read it. You know, so they're winning big games and they look the way better than they were last year. And then, you know, the arrows pointing up, but I don't, I think they got a team with more fight in them than they expected. And, you know, they came up a little short. Yeah, I think I agree with that assessment. Of course, I'm you know the one that had the, the Bengals being last again in their division. I really didn't think they would be anywhere near this good yeah. anyway. I was with so you. I'm, I, I was with you. They might still end up being last in their division for all we know. Uh, maybe. And, and I still think that there's like a almost clear way to stop them. Like you, you go out, you put you know five guys on Jamar Chase if you have to, and you say, hey, Burrow, you're, you're looking good. You've shown a whole lot of promise, but beat us with someone other than the Burrow guy. I dare you. Go ahead. Go, right. go do it. 
and no one seems to be able to do that yet. So uh, until you know someone really shuts him down, and you know, because the Jets didn't really shut it down either. Burrow still went for three hundred five. Uh, they just kind of outslugged him. Mike White, you know, outpointed them, uh, but defensively, yeah. you know, no well, one is still. Burrow went for two fifty nine. There was a forty six yard uh, wide receiver throw in there. Ah, okay. And, and Jamar Chase though only went three for thirty two. So possibly That's to your good. point, there was some. Maybe they were rolling some coverages and making him go to other guys that he wasn't as comfortable with time after time after time. Now, again, Cincinnati still scored a ton of points in that game and uh, had that game. You know, they're 31 to 20. They, they took that 11 point lead halfway through the fourth quarter. And then, you know, the great Mike White <laughs> took over. Boy. And Mike White goes uh, so, for 405. Yeah. So that was one of those uh, many uh, attack of the killer backups. It was a, a horrible, horrible week for me. It was uh, the Halloween themed week. The couldn't, yeah, couldn't have gotten any scarier and you had the more frightening week. than some of these games. Man. Yeah. Uh, so White was one of the backups. Uh, another one was that uh, the one where I lost my lock, where I knew all the the language all week. Uh, said that the Cowboys were going yeah. to be starting Cooper Rush at quarterback uh, and not Dak Prescott, despite all of the. And by the way, I, I have to throw some shade at the NBC guys, uh, Collinsworth and Michaels, because the way they acted like they were so shocked that Dak Prescott wasn't going to play just because he came out for pregame warmups and looked decent. Um, you guys have been broadcasting collectively for about 475 years. You're telling me you've never seen a player come out and go through pregame warm-ups and then not play in the game. That happens all the time. I've never even been to a game, and I know that happens all the time. But you guys, to act like it's such a shot, that's complete bullshit. I think the motivation for doing that is it's the Cowboys, and a lot of people are interested money-wise and, and yeah. not money-wise, and they're just trying to sort of cover their ass because they – had the story there that they could have, you know, been talking about all the way leading up to the game that Dak Prescott has this, uh, whatever he had, calf or ankle or whatever, um, and that he's probably not going to play even though they're going to work him out before the game. They could have been projecting themselves as, you know, sort of Nostradamus and, and telling that story on the air, but for whatever reason they decided not to. And they're just, you know, beating themselves up and trying to act like, oh, we we, we didn't know. How, how could we not have seen? We – we saw him warm up, and he looked so great, and we just knew he was going to go, oh, bullshit. So I don't know what that what that was all about. Yeah, it just ends up being kind of an ugly, defensive, sloppy kind of game, and, you know, it's tight late, and Dallas just, you know, Dallas pulls it out with that uh, with the last-minute touchdown. Uh, Kirk Cousins will not ever, and this isn't a surprise, but – uh, and, you know, Cass from Football Panthers Radio uh, has Football been telling Blake. us this for years now. Um, and she had a, 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 a night on Twitter after the game was over. But Kirk Cousins will not ever make the big throw when, when it's needed. Um, because that game proved that if any, if any of us thought that he might grow into that, you know, great quarterback, that all-pro, that uh, perennial pro bowler, that, no, it's not going to happen. He doesn't have the balls. He just doesn't. He kept – he was as, almost as bad as, as Pat Mahomes. He just kept – 
seeing big plays ahead of him and saying, yeah, should I? No, no, what? no. I don't. He, he could not pull that trigger, and Cooper Rush and the, and the Dallas Cowboys pulled the trigger when they had to. Uh, it wasn't all Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson had a terrible game. He, he had some balls that he really should have reeled in and, and couldn't either drop them or they let him uh, hit off of a body part or something. Um, but, man, uh, Dallas just – outplayed uh, the Minnesota defense, uh, especially on that last drive. They were just crap, just let the Cowboys do whatever they wanted to do. Um, and to, to have Cooper Rush step in and, and win that game, he's got his family in the crowd and all that stuff. Uh, you know, great Hollywood story and all that, but, man, the Vikings, oh, that, that's you, you can't lose that. You got you, you, you got Dak Prescott out of the game, not playing at all. You got some guy you never heard of in there. You can't yep. You can't lose that game. You just can't. I agree with you 100%. I, I would say the same thing to Tampa. You can't lose that game. You can't it's lose Trevor Simeon. Now, obviously the story is that game is the Saints defense, they, they just they know, they, they've unlocked Brady because they have been rough on him in every matchup since he has shown up in Tampa. Um, and they, they, they harassed and harangued and got in his face. Well, we we always say it, you know, how do you beat them? Bust and, them uh, in the fucking mouth. Exactly right. And they, they were doing it. They were getting that rush. They were coming up the middle at him. He, he still put up a lot of points. Uh, they didn't run the ball very well. He, it was a lot of throwing to stay in that game. But he was harassed, <laughs> and, and, and he was harassed a lot. And uh, ug- ugly pick, uh, that, that pick six at the end was just really bad. Um after Tampa, after New Orleans was up, and then Tampa just keeps clawing back because, you know, obviously Sean Payton doesn't have any faith in his quarterback, and the defense just keeps just bending but not breaking, and they finally get that last field goal, and then Tom Brady throws a pick six. Yeah. And that was uh, a probable and- win, you know, after after Wild Thing went down. To see Trevor Simeon yeah. come in, I think everybody was like, "Well, here we go, right?" It, it, you know, Tampa's going to steam, and they didn't, and then that was a little surprising to me. So, there, there's clearly a way that you could make Brady look human, and the Saints have figured it out. Now they gave up 375 and four TDs to Tommy. Yeah, uh, but that, to your point, when they needed to to put that heat on them, that made all the difference. That's how they won that game. Uh, and you know, he's gonna to, get his, yeah, you know he's going to get his yards. You're not just going to shut that offense down, but they made the plays when it mattered. They were the they were the anti Kirk Cousins defense. <laughs> they actually like, went out and made right. the plays that they when needed. They to make. needed to step up and make the play. You know, and you got and you get PJ Williams just completely jumping that route at the end. Um, yep. Just you know, and, and he could have just fallen over, but and you got. You got Pater right in front of you, and, and that's the goat. <laughs> you know what? I'm taking that to the house too. <laughs> I got to pick six off Tommy. I'm, I'm yeah. keeping this ball uh, and giving it to my kids. I don't, I don't care. I, don't, I mean, yeah, obviously the wise play there is fall over, game's over. Yep. But ah, you know what? We're going. <laughs> you know, and if they miss that extra point, now you're only up eight. <laughs> right. Um, but they get the extra point, they go up nine, and it's still game over. But, yeah, so how do you not have that much green in front of you on a pick when everybody says fall over, fall over? 
and, and, and you don't take that to the house. So, so it's so good for the Saints, but they're very similar. Uh, another backup quarterback um, getting it done. But I will point out, I've figured something out with, with your picks over the last month. There's a team that you just can't quit picking, even though you should. It, it's it's the I just don't know how to quit you team. And, oh, no. and for you, that's Washington. You just <laughs> you you just keep every man that horse throws you up. You just keep getting back on it. I, I'm just getting, they're going to turn it around. They're going to do it. That defense. They, just, they got the, you, you took them against the Packers. You took them against the yeah. Broncos. I think you had somebody yep. else in. Yeah, you just. I, I, and I was listening to you make the pick, and I was listening to the show. And man, you just man, this is the week. Oh, that defense. They showed that glimmer uh-huh. of hope. And yep. yeah. It's, you just can't quit the Washington uh, football team. That was that was my fault. I, I saw the game against the Packers. I actually watched them play and, and saw oh. them get pressure consistently on Aaron Rodgers. That made me fall in love with them all over again. Oh, they're, they're going to do it. This is it. This is the week. Yeah, so that uh, the week before the Packers, um, I had them to cover against uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. and that didn't work. So you just So there you go. There, there's three games I got on you just picking Washington. Uh, what can I say? Um, at least I got them in the was that week four where they uh, beat Atlanta, so that's one I got over yeah. you. Oh, no, that and that so. one was that was the the cheap one, <laughs> right? They, they all, all Washington. Count. All they needed was the field goal, and uh, I get the cover, and, and then Atlanta just decides to completely not cover the running back, and then they let him sneak in. Well, they could have just tackled him at the one-yard line, and Washington could have kicked the field goal from the one-yard. No, no, no. They had to let him sneak it over the pylon. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I, I've been giving them back ever since. I've been giving them back to you. <laughs> but I just I noticed here. that another gift when you went with them again, because you, you're just so positive on them. that They're, they're, they're going to yeah. recapture the magic. The game is back. And uh, it's, it's, just not, it's just not working out for them. <sighs> uh, well, I had a lot of things not work out for me last week. I mean, a lot. Uh, that's, that was just one of them. Uh, another one that I, the, the two that I lost to you that I just kind of was like looking at in my my with my hands uh, with my head in my hands going God I, I just can't n- nothing I do nothing I call is going right. I was so convinced that the Lions and the Jaguars were going to get – because there's not too many other wins on the schedule for either one of these teams. So I, I, I had it. I really feel. I had the Lions with you. I, you and I both saw yeah. that the same way, like, the, the, like at least a cover. Like they're going to they're gonna fight. They're going to bite ankles, man. Uh-huh. They weren't they, biting they, they ankles. They got bit. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were biting something else. They were, yeah. um, <laughs> they were sucking something else. That right. was bad. <laughs> So Jalen Hurts of the Eagles uh, puts it all over uh, the Lions. Yeah, they, they've they've had a couple of games like that where instead of fighting and clawing like they had uh, earlier in the year, it yeah. feels like they're the, the flame is starting to go out. And and maybe the the, the Bengals game a couple of weeks ago, they felt like they kind of gave up there. Yeah, well, it was um, the week they came after back. they made the coach cry. Was that next week? Uh, that it was after uh, the Minnesota. I believe, was I believe so. Was, yeah, it was Minnesota made him cry. And then it was the next right. week I remember making my pick like, I can't take the team that just made their coach <laughs> cry. And they just got their doors blown off. Yes, then, uh, we both had the Bengals. Back, they, yeah, and then, they fought back again. And then that was that was embarrassing, what, what they did against the Eagles, who are not a very good football team. 
Right, week seven, they pull out the kitchen sink and, and pull out every trick yeah, play they could the to stay with the Rams yeah. uh, in order to lose that game by only nine. Um, so, yeah, we both think they got some fire back, some fight. At least we know they're going to pull out strategies. At least we know they're going to try different tricks. Hey, right. the Lions, maybe they can compete. And uh, ooh. Their new trick was playing dead. <laughs> Roll over. Now play dead. Um <laughs> So that, that didn't like a, work for like either one of us. It got kicked over on its back because that's what the the, <laughs> right. the Lions did for the whole game. They just turtled right from uh, the get-go. Uh, so is that better or worse than the Jaguars who turtled to Geno Oh, God. Well, it's, it's, it, it, it's better for me because yeah. I had Seattle. That's the one I did get on you, um, having the Seahawks over Jacksonville. Didn't see it by that much. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't see it going that badly. Uh, for the Jags, but yeah, that 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 was a train wreck. Another uh, backup quarterback, Geno Smith, hella efficient for the Seahawks. He, who who would have seen that coming? He didn't owe God Geno Smith all over. You know why? Because they blew him out. He didn't get a chance to owe God Geno Smith. What the the guy who owe God Geno Smithed it was Josh Johnson. That was the owe God Geno Smith. Uh, oh God, Josh Johnson. <laughs> you do everything right. In coming and then in, find a way to get picked anyway. And, and and then get a ball, just like the guy, you know, D-lineman just reaches the hand up, tips it up in the air, and just floats like ever so mm-hmm. softly into the arms of the DB to end all the hopes of that. Cover. That was a Geno Smith play, right? Yes. <laughs> so that's what well, you can't do that even, when you're up by 24. Uh, because the Colts were out by a ton, too. So that, that really shouldn't have happened either. That was just a complete garbage time comeback. What Geno Smith would do would, if the game was close, if the uh, oh, right. Colts were up three and he was making that last-second drive, that's when he throws the uh, the INT to lose it. That's oh god Geno Smith. So he didn't get a chance to kind of oh god Geno Smith up the game because they were up pretty much from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, the, the one that we haven't talked about that I got over you was the Tennessee game, which was probably the best game of the week. <sighs> Poor Derrick Henry gets, uh, yeah. goes down with a broken foot, um, and the Titans still managed to win because Carson Wentz had, oh, God, Carson Wentz moments. I, I'm going to say early, early favorite for worst play of the year. How, how you try to do <laughs> a left-handed – jump pass out of your own end zone trying to throw the ball away because if you don't do that you're going to get sacked for the safety but somehow end up getting hit when you're trying to throw left hit and he's not lefty he's a righty and he's throwing no, it he's and then gets hit while he's throwing it and the ball just floats we talk about the ever so loving floating football <laughs> again right into the middle of the offensive line but, oh, wait, who's standing there? A Titan. Um, and just, it just walks it right into the – I mean, just the – like, you would, that's the, the low AWR play right there. What good is going to happen <laughs> with you trying to – first of all, if the ball doesn't get that's caught. That's not on Madden. There is no – There is no gameplay mode on Madden in which the quarterback <laughs> switches hands and shot puts the ball as he's getting sacked. That doesn't uh, happen. <laughs> that, that cannot happen. They don't, they now, don't put that in the game. If you when they say it's in the game, that's not in the game. 
I don't know if you saw that play go in the same way I did, which was if that Titan had not caught it, it's grounding because <laughs> it only went so far as the offensive line. There's no receiver in the area. No, I was I was watching the whole game. It's not grounding because he's trying to shot put it to a receiver and it comes up 10 yards short of him because he was getting dragged down as he was trying to throw. So he was trying to get it to somebody in the flat and he didn't get anywhere near the flat because he was being put yeah. down as he was trying to throw that thing away. Left-handed shot. What left-handed junk, shot. Put. Yeah. What Carson what Wentz, a, ladies and gentlemen. What a junk play. Um, I don't think. But, I don't think but, I've ever seen a game like that. The whole game. The Colts still then drive the whole length of the field on on a fairly yeah. bent Titans defense, and and score the touchdown. And then it goes to overtime, and <laughs> they lose. Um. But again, you're the Colts. You're up 14 zip in that game, and yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. That I don't know if I've seen a game quite like that because the Colts were about to completely put the Titans away. Yeah, and somehow the Titans pulled a magic act, pulled a magic act without their MVP running back because right. Derrick Henry was not Derrick Henry in the second half. He was still playing in the second half in overtime, but he was he was like a half a player because he was yeah. uh, he. You know, he had a broken foot, as it turned out, um, and wasn't able to put any real moves out there. wasn't really to, wasn't really able to do anything. Um, and then there's another play earlier that encapsulated how crazy this game was, uh, because Tyquan Lewis, the uh, Colts defensive end, gets the INT on a crazy pass uh, where he's dropping back into coverage, um, and as he's running that back, and he's got you know, thoughts of glory in his head, uh, thinking that he's going to maybe go to the house and, and yeah. have something to tell his kids about. Fumbles the ball away because he completely blew his fucking knee out while trying to run the thing back. Uh, Puts the ball uh, on the ground, Titans recover, yeah. and the very next play, A.J. Brown to the house from 57 yards. I've never seen a game. That sequence was absolutely bananas. Um, just mind-blowing some of the things that happened in that game, the, the Carson Wentz INTs were mind-blowing. He had another bad one uh, in overtime to set up the field goal for the Titans to win the game. It wasn't nearly as bad as the uh, shot put left-handed, yeah. uh, although in overtime he did try another lefty panic throw that fell incomplete. I don't know what the hell Carson Wentz is doing out there. This is my fault. This is me putting praise on Carson Wentz for how well he's played this year, yeah, and then he know. comes up with stuff like that. You, you, That's all on me. It's what happens, you know. You, you you just kept he just kept giving you more rope. Here's Carson Wentz. He's just feeding you the rope, and you're just like, oh, thank you, Carson. Thank you. Thank you. Just hey, fitting in that. He's good. And you just and then he's you hang yourself with it. Yeah. And, and now yeah. and now you've realized. And then they have a great game on on uh, on Thursday night. But that I I think that they've uncovered the secret. Uh, Indy is going to be a team that wins. In spite of their quarterback, they're going to be like the Bengals. They're going to not. They're going to be. I mean, sorry, the Browns. Oh, they're the going Browns to be like the mean, Vikings. Yeah. yeah, the Colts' recipe to success is you've got a world-class running back now. Lean on him and don't put Carson Wentz in situations where where he can crap the bed. Because if you give him the chance, he, he will do it. Uh, they will be well advised to to keep relying on the running game, especially when they play opponents who will let you do to them what the New York Jets let the Colts do to them, because yeah. they didn't resist at all. Uh, so nope. They can get it that easy. Yeah. 
Uh, any um, before we get to the city, any other games that really uh, you know stood out to you? And we talked about a lot of them. They talked about uh, a lot of them. There's uh, there's so many L's that I took that. What about the Bears? What about the Bears? That's another one. Might have been one of the plays of the year in that game. Uh, sure. Turning turning that absolute nothing. Uh, you know, he's going to lose yardage or get sacked and then just rolls, you know, bounces it around, comes all the way around and then ends up running in for a touchdown. And you're thinking, oh, this is why they drafted this kid. And and, and, and then the Niners just took over. Um, he got busy. Justin Fields got busy out there. He gave, he gave me some glimpses. Uh, yep. Jimmy G outplayed him, came in. He was uh, motivated, I guess, being back, back home. He's, he's from the Chicago area. Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo with a couple of touch, couple of rushing touchdowns himself because he wants to be the best rushing quarterback on the field apparently, and, and, and not Justin Fields. <laughs> well, the Bears um, had no answer for the great Eli Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, really concerning if you're you know thinking that Chicago is going to be some sort of contender this year. Is that the defense is going to have to be the the, the side that held everything up, and they're going the wrong way right now. They got injuries. They got uh, ineffectiveness, uh, so the, the D is definitely a problem. Um, look, I'm still celebrating. There's still plenty of optimism. Justin Fields still looks like the quarterback of the future. He's the guy that I want. He's getting those reps right now. I know you say that he's, he might be doing more harm than good getting some of these reps. I, I think that it's something where even if he's looking bad and even if he's taking a, an ass-kicking, He's still getting the reps to where the game won't look necessarily so fast to him later on uh, next year or the year after that. So that's the the good thing that's happening is that he's getting these like because nothing replicates live NFL football. You cannot practice for the speed of of this game at that level. Right. So at least he's getting that in. He's at least getting those reps in. So uh, there's a long way to go for you know for him clearly to to get to where he's an actual all-around NFL quarterback, but he's definitely making some plays. Um, you can't rely on Fields running for his life in order to score. That That's just not going to win games for you. Um, but but there's still some optimism there. I'm, yeah. I'm still, I'm, I took it L, but I'm still optimistic. Yeah, we both did on that one. I have no – I have yeah. no uh, – I'm not opposed to him playing. I was a, I was more opposed to the the way that they were doing, you know, the coach clearly isn't tailoring any offense to him. You're running all this garbage Matt Nagy stuff. He's getting sat on by Miles Garrett, and he's under all this pressure. And he's getting he's getting reps, and sometimes you see that the the pure talent just takes over, and that's great. But you know what what is this coaching staff doing to him? That's what I worry about. You know, yeah, you're, no, because you know he's going to have a new OC. He's going to have a new head coach. He's going to have to start all over. And the only thing he's taking with him from this year to next year is just the fact that he's really mobile and he's got all the talent and and he's, and he's seen a year of football, but now he's going to have to learn everything. There's no way there. They can't keep this regime. It's it's over. Can't imagine. Yeah. I I can't imagine. uh, We did not talk about the Thursday night game, that wild green Bay Arizona game. Um, no, I, yeah. I didn't get a chance to, but uh, that game drove me nuts. Uh, not the the pick at the end obviously seals it for the Packers. They put the L on that. We start to see the, the week off both of us with the L because we're like, yeah. nah, there's no, there's no way 
No, no Devontae Adams? Oh, no. no. Way. Yeah, they had nobody. <laughs> There's no way they're going to contend, and they outplayed the Cardinals for the whole game. But what do we get at the end of that game again that drives me crazy is a coach passing up a field goal on fourth down that would have put the Packers up six. Because that's what's forgotten about this with the A.J. Green not knowing where he is with the Rasul Douglas interception is if that ball's not intercepted, Arizona could just have kicked a field goal to tie that game because at the, at the other end, the Packers decide to go for it on a fourth down and miss and allow yeah. Kyler Murray to then drive easily the length of the field, completing balls, running, um, that put them in field goal range. But eyes got a little bigger than the stomach was. They went for the home run. There's some miscommunication. Douglas makes I mean, an athletic as hell play to seal what should have been for the whole length of that game a Packers win, which almost turned into a Packers loss. And you can't, you, God, these teams, I wish somebody would do a right. PF, where's PFF? These teams were all leaving <laughs> points on the field by passing up field goals to go for it on fourth downs. And again, Packers won. So uh, again, I, I, it's not something where it's like it, this is sour grapes. They, you know, they, they, they won the game. The coach made the wrong move, but they still won the game. And uh, these teams are just overdoing it with, with these, this hyper-aggressiveness on fourth down. And, and this is not stuff that you can do in January <laughs> and in February and be successful with. I, I know Matt LaFleur is a little, you know, you know probably a little gun-shy to, to kick field goals after what happened in the championship game, but this was a different scenario. This is something that's going to put you up six to guarantee that the other team has to score a touchdown and kick an extra point or, you know, to, to beat you instead of allowing a team to then just waltz right into field goal range. And for all intents and purposes, that should have just been an overtime game. You're going to really hate it, but I think um, PFF and, and others would, tell you that these coaches are going for because there's some metrics that say that there's a slightly higher percentage of winning the game when you go for it in this situation other than uh, than not going for it. I think, you know, it goes up 3% if you go for it here as opposed maybe, to the field goal. I, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but you see, I see a lot of points being left on the field with these teams all going for it. And these are points that end up coming back late in these games that can matter. I, I understand it. And I think in individual situations, I probably agree with you, but in general, I, I think that's what the, uh, the, the response no. would be. Is no, I'm not saying we, never do it. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about situations where you're like, wow, you could really have used these three points, <laughs> you know? Sure. But that's a spot where yeah. you're on the road, you can go up six, you can force the other team to only way to beat you is they have to get it in the end zone instead of what the Packers end up having to do after they don't get that fourth down is we're trying to not let them score a touchdown and not let them get into field goal range, and then they fail miserably almost at both because you know when you're a team that only needs to get the three but you still have the threat and enough time on the clock to go get the seven – then you definitely have the defense on their heels. And that drive, I mean, the Packers played stellar defense that whole game, except for that last drive. And, yeah, we would have lost a pick either way because Arizona's favored by six. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, they they win the game of AJ Green remembers that he's an eligible receiver and turns around <laughs> exactly. and catches the ball. Exactly, and and again, a game they had no business winning. Arizona was not the better team on the field that day, especially as depleted as the Packers were, and as good as that defense was playing to hold them to twenty one. Um, no, and for the and for that Green Bay offense to still move the ball with guys. I mean, we, we talk about these quarterbacks who can make plays with just guys, and I think we discount we we did the discount, but not the discount double check. <laughs> right on we Aaron Rodgers. Definitely right? discounted. We just did the discount. Uh, right, we, we definitely overlooked uh, Aaron, and we talked about it. And we knew that was coming too, and we did mm-hmm. it anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to have to put off this uh, all the news that uh, happened in between these games uh, this past week. We're going to have to put that off until the after show because we definitely don't have, to have time to get to all that. But there is uh, a ton of things that happened in between week. these games. We talk about Aaron Rodgers, talk about Derrick Henry, talk about Von Miller is now a Ram. and Talk about Henry All Rodgers. sorts of stuff. Oh, my goodness. And, and definitely – talking about that uh but we'll get to all that in the after show but we got to get ready to pick these week nine games and and boy do i need a rebound it it did not start out well for me thursday but uh there's 13 more games there's 13 more chances for me to rebound and and do better Uh, so we'll get to that after these two minutes where i tell you about our wonderful show and where you can listen to us you are listening live to in much less detail the podcast not on the radio but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com, slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me, and is solely performed for our entertainment, as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Like I said, 13 more games to go, picking week nine against the spread in the NFL about halfway through the season. And, boy, we can figure out some of these teams. It would be nice because some of them, we we thought we had them figured out, and now they're putting big question marks up like, "Uh, do we really have them figured out or do we not? So we'll see how this week turns out for both of us. 
All right, let's get started with NFC South action between the Falcons and the Saints. So right into uh, killer backup theater again with Trevor Simeon taking over at quarterback for Jameis Winston for the Saints. Uh, Jameis down with the ACL. Michael Thomas announced this week that he will not be playing this season at all with that troublesome ankle that he had surgery on. So that's definitely bad news uh, for the Saints as well. But they get Taysom Tebow back. Taysom Hill finally returns from his concussion this week. Uh, for Atlanta, uh, no Calvin Ridley uh, for a while. He's uh, he's out he's out with mentals. I, I don't know how else to put it. He's he's got mental issues and emotional issues, and he's taking care of his mental health. So all you can say is his best luck and best wishes to that. Uh, Falcons at three and four are six and a half point dogs in the Superdome at the five and two Saints. I, I've decided something here about Falcons and Saints games, and I think these teams are – I know the, the stats won't bear it out, but I'll tell you how it feels, is that these teams are forever destined to play field goal games always. Like, it doesn't matter how good either one of these teams are. This is the most heated and hated rivalry in that division. I know uh, Tampa with Tommy – no, the, 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 no teams hate each other more in that division than the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, they always play each other tough. Matt Ryan usually has good games against them. They'll they'll step up defensively in weird ways against the Saints. Um, it doesn't help that you know that they're rolling out there with, I guess, two half quarterbacks. I mean, you got Trevor Simeon, and and yeah, you get Taysom Hill back, and 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 Sean Payton's gonna you know gadget some stuff up for him, probably get him killed again. Um, but I always joke about how much he puts the ball on the turf, so he helps sometimes just as much as he hurts. Um, but I, this feels like a three-point game to me. So I think the Saints win, but I'm going to take the Falcons and the points. They did seem to play a, a whole lot of field goal games back in the day a few years ago. Um, of course, that was, you know, Breeze versus Matty Ice, and Breeze isn't there anymore. So yeah. we'll see if they can keep that trend going. Um, the one thing I think Trevor Simeon brings over Jameis Winston is better ball security. I said that the games that I've seen with the Saints this year, that Jameis still has those tendencies. He still throws a few balls a game out there where you go, yeah, why did you do that? That's, that what a dumb throw that was. Um, Sean Payton probably trusts Trevor Simeon more than Jameis Winston. I know oh, he didn't trust Jameis Winston much because you could just see in the number of throws per game that Jameis was barely throwing the ball because Sean Payton didn't want him to because he didn't trust him. And I, I bet you he trusts Simeon more. I, I think, uh, you know, one big Superdome uh, performance uh, going over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the, the Falcons defense should provide much, much less resistance than the Buccaneers. So I'm not actually going to uh, take the Saints and give the six and a half. I, I bet Sean Payton gets to open up that playbook a little more than he than he thought he would. And he gets Taysom Tebow back. We make fun of him, but if you get that element back in there as well, uh, that I'm sure uh, Sean Payton is happy to have. So, yeah, I'm actually going to go with the Saints on, in this situation. Okay. Uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati in the uh, first battle of Ohio, the first of two that they have every year uh, in the AFC North. Uh, Browns are four and four. Bengals are five and three. Browns, uh, there's another news item we didn't talk about. They have rid themselves of Odell Beckham Jr. That whole situation is finally over with. Him and his daddy are gone. Um, and the Browns are still underdogs. They are two and a half point dogs on the road 
at Joe Burrow and the five and three Bengals. Yeah, and and are we completely convinced? You know, finally that they're probably just better. It just it it was never meant to be. It wasn't a fit. You know, it wasn't OBJ making the the news and the noise. It ends up being his dad. It's like oh man, yeah. like sport. Like you know, you got Pat Patrick Mahomes' mom, and you got you got OBJ's dad. It's like you know, you got what, what, what was it, what was it Ball? You know, with the Lonzo Balls. <laughs> you know, the, the the baller. It's like oh, mm-hmm. it just these these guys need to, you know, your wives and 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 parents stay, stay out of it. Nothing good ever happens. So, uh, yeah, Cincinnati sort of gets exposed a little bit last week. They played an admirable game. They put up a lot of points, but they let that they let that guy, they let Matt White go for four hundo against them. Um, so I'm sure if you're Cleveland, you're salivating a little bit, although I don't know if Baker Mayfield's the guy who's going to light up anybody defensively, but they got one of their running backs back. The Ernest Johnson's been playing nice, so they still have two competent running backs that they can throw at you in Cleveland. I think Cleveland is the better defensive team overall, even though Cincinnati's been playing well on that side and really doing a good job of propping that team up too, um, you know, through the second year, some of these things that you've had going on. But they, they, they do play pretty good on defense, Cleveland does. Miles Garrett will probably get after Joe Burrow. Uh, I still think Cle- uh, Cincinnati, I should say, is a little shell-shocked after that loss last week that I don't think they even expected. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming, that it was just going to be a straight-up L. I think Cleveland's the better team here and uh, probably the more desperate team because they're looking up at Cleveland in the standings. I, I, I like Cleveland to spring a, a minor upset here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to miss Baker trying to connect with OBJ and failing over and over and over and over again because that was that consistently not hooking up those two. That was sort of weirdly comforting. Like you can look at that and feel better about your life. Like you see those guys. One is a number one overall pick, and the other is one of the most athletic playmaking receivers in the game, and they refuse to get on the same page. And it's like. You know what? I'm not doing so bad. Whatever I'm doing in my life, at least I'm not those two because they can't get it going at all. So I'm actually going to miss that. That made me feel a little better about myself every time I saw them trying to play and, and failing. Uh, but what the hell are the Bengals? That's the uh, the other side of the ball. Is I don't you know um, don't know what what are they real? Are they fake? Are, you know I was wondering that before the uh, this, you know before we started making our picks, and that was the that, that's the big question about them. So. Yeah, I, I got zero confidence in this game either way. I don't know what to make of the Browns. I don't know what to make of the Bengals. Uh, so whatever I pick here is just completely a, a toss-up. Uh, but I'm going to concur with you and take the Browns. I think they probably are the better team on the field uh, when it's all said and done. Um, but that can blow up easily because, you know, Jamar Chase might go for 250 or something and it just completely piss all over the Browns. So who knows? But we're both going to go with the Brown fever in that one. All right, on to the Vikings and the Ravens. Ravens coming off the bye. They're 5-2. and two. Vikings are 3-4 and four coming off that loss at home to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Uh, I'm, even with that, I'm still surprised at this spread. Uh, they, they, did, they lost Daniel Hunter with a torn pack, one of their best set guys. Uh, he's out for the rest of the year, so that hurts as well. But even with all that, I'm still surprised that the Vikings are a six-point underdog on the road to the five and two Ravens. Yeah, you can't 
you can't want to be the Vikings in this spot. You just came off of what should have been a very winnable game. And you can't blow games like that and then have to go on the road to face a well-rested Ravens team um, who's, you know, and this is the – no team in the league benefits from fresh legs more than the Baltimore Ravens because they punish you on the ground. Lamar Jackson's going to be fresh. I don't even ex- I don't expect this game to even be close. I think Baltimore rolls up the Vikings. I'm giving them all. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the the Ravens are definitely going to be fresh, uh, and the Vikings hemorrhaging big plays uh, if they don't sack the quarterback. Um, they definitely have a, a high amount of sacks leading the league, but when they don't get the quarterback down, they just give up huge plays, whether it's running the ball or throwing. Uh, that defense definitely needs the pressure to to compete, contend and compete with anybody. Um, but the Ravens, last time we saw them, were giving it up to the Bengals, just giving up big plays back and forth themselves. Uh, so that's kind of why I'm surprised. Like the the Vikings can play and score with anybody. They just, you know, I, I don't think that quarterback is going to be a winner ever. But I think a lot of people already knew that. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, Closer than than six, I think it's going to be a you know three or four point game, and and if the Vikings pulled out the win, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, you know. And I'm a, a big as big a Baltimore Ravens fan as anybody, as everybody uh, listening to the show would know. But yeah, I, I think the Vikings can hang with the with the Ravens uh, and go toe to toe with them. So I'm going to take the uh, the points there and say that the Vikings uh, hang in there. Uh, on to the Broncos and the Cowboys. Uh, second biggest line of the week. The public don't think the uh, Broncos are going to hang with the Cowboys. The 4-4 four and four Broncos uh, missing their tight end. Noah Fan has got the goop. Uh, they are 10-point underdogs down in Jerry World at the 6-1 and one Dallas Cowboys, and they get Dak back. Yeah, and that's good enough for me. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think with the, the firepower – that Dallas with when when Dak is when he's there, and they just tra- and Denver just traded Von Miller, so they don't even get to hang their head on that anymore. They they can't even say, yeah, we got that guy. He's gonna go and he's gonna wreck the other team's quarterback. We're just gonna play the, we're gonna play this solid defense, and we're gonna just you know ugly the game up. They don't even have that anymore. So yeah, I, I and I don't see anything from the Denver offense that says that they can compete in a high scoring type affair. With, who's probably going to be a fairly comfortable deck in the pocket. They're going to be able to – yeah, I think Dallas is going to have their way with these guys. I'm going to take the take the Cowboys and give them all. The uh, Broncos' defense has been uh, trending down, You, me and my trending <laughs> numbers. The, uh, their their deep started out pretty hot, and they're definitely not hot lately. And if they don't find their, their way back, if they don't rebound, they're going to be in trouble because the Cowboys' offense is – uh, they can put anybody back there at quarterback. Apparently, they don't even need Dak, but Dak is supposed to be back. Although C.D. Lamb did sprain his ankle uh, this week in practice, so he's going to be uh, somebody to look at tomorrow. He may not be able to take the field, but they they got weapons. The Cowboys uh, won't be sweating him too much because they got other guys they can throw to for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I concur. Nothing uh, nothing too much else to add to that. Uh, Broncos should get blown out down in Dallas, and so we're both going to give the ten. Uh, on to the biggest spread of the week, the Buffalo Bills continue their tour of the worst teams in football. Boy, this early season schedule for them, 
Uh, now they get to go to Jacksonville. So the 5-2 and two Bills uh, still without their tight end, Dawson Knox, uh, but probably don't need them in Jacksonville. Uh, they are 14-and-a-half. There's a hook there. 14-and-a-half point favorites at the 1-6 and six Jags. Yeah, that's a big number. Uh, the Bills are beating these teams, but, you know, boy, they look bored doing it. They, they are just <laughs> – I mean, they, they they covered the big number against Miami. It took them until the very end of the game to do it. But it's just like, yeah, it's like they just – this is where you have the team who's really good. They just know they're going to win. And they just look so like, oh, my God, please, can we play somebody who's good, you know? <laughs> and, and they are getting – they're just putting me to sleep right now because at first they were just rolling these teams up. And lately it just feels like they're, they're covering, but – they're not having to put out a lot of effort to do it because the teams that they're playing are just such punching bags that they just don't have to do much. They don't have to be creative. They don't have to really do anything stellar defensively because they're, they're playing the dolphins and the Jags and the the jets. They're just playing some really bad football teams. Yeah. They're going to probably just barely cover this game too. And look, they're look really bored doing it and probably need till the fourth quarter to get the cover. But I think they will. They're just they're that much better than Jacksonville. Yeah, I know I've been doubting Buffalo during their their torching of the league. Oh, they're not quite that good. I don't know. They, you know. I've definitely been looking my nose down at them a little bit, and they just keep destroying people and destroying people. Yeah, you're right that they really have looked kind of bored. They really did not look uh, very sharp last week as they were going through the motions and. Uh, putting their opponents away, um, and and I'm I'm going to agree uh, on every, on every count. I, I agree that they probably won't look very excited uh, putting Jacksonville away, and they're they're still going to put Jacksonville away by more than two touchdowns as well because the Jaguars are are very bad. Uh, the best part of the Jaguars team is their running game with James Robinson, but he's got a heel injury. He hasn't been practicing this week, so I wouldn't be surprised if he got put down uh, tomorrow before the game started. And then you're really in trouble because, you know, you're really having to rely on Trevor Lawrence by himself against the number one pass D in the game this year, and that's probably not going to go well for them. Uh, so I concur and, and give the 14 and a half along with you. Uh, a lot of concurring uh, early on. Uh, not, not, not too bad. We disagreed on two and, and agree on three, so that's not so bad. Uh, here's the game of the week. Oh, boy. The Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Uh, yeah. So they're both one and seven. Uh, Houston's zero and four on the road this year. Miami's zero and three at home. Something's got to give. Uh, Tyrod Taylor returns to action for the Houston Texans. So your boy uh, General Mills will take a seat once oh, again. So sad. Um, and one of the Dolphins' veteran weapons, Devontae Parker, uh, went on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. So they're going to be shorthanded there. Uh, but this is uh, Tua's chance, I guess, to, to show that he should be the man. Um, he's a big favorite. This will not be the uh, the norm to see Miami as a big favorite. Uh, Houston gives five and a half points at the Miami Dolphins. Well, I, I don't think that matters because I think Houston's going to straight up win this game. Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> before he got hurt, was the best thing that they had going for them. He got them their win, right, and he was playing really good in their second game, keeping them competitive. And then when he got hurt and then General Mills had to come in, it was, it, you know, it's been a train wreck ever since. But Tyrod Taylor was competent at the position. 
but I'll take Tyrod Taylor at, as competent at the position over Tua. I think Houston wins this game. Uh, as big five and a half point dogs, I, I didn't hear that that L word come out of your mouth though. So that's uh, I thought about it. A, a I thought about locking. Yeah, it doesn't locks don't matter anymore. But I thought about locking this one up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I if Tua has any pride at all. Is kind of what I'm going with this one. This is <laughs> uh, this storyline because yeah. think about it. Miami uh, as three point home favorites over Houston makes all the sense in the world. They're throwing money at the Dolphins. They're saying this has got to be Tua stepping up and showing the Houston Texans, hey, you you got a quarterback over there to Sean yeah. Watson that my 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 guys want him so bad. I'm yeah. going to show you. You got a quarterback. You got a starter right here. It's me. This opened at seven though. It did. Oh my God! So, so the line on this game did not open at the cop out. This not this did not open at three. It opened at seven, and the money's moved towards Houston. I can't believe the odds makers thought that that, that that's an oversight on their part. I'm wondering if they were thinking this was General Mills early in the week on the open line, probably. And now with Tyrod Taylor getting the start, he's that's bumped the number back somewhat closer. But yeah, this actually the, the the number the line has moved towards Houston and uh, not away. Because there's no team in the league that the Dolphins should open as seven point favorites over uh, at all. Not the I Jags, not the Jets, not the Texans. No. Um, that's stunning. I, I did not know that. Um, well, Tyrod almost started last week and, and got shut down, so they should have anticipated he's probably going to get cleared yeah. this week. But anyway. Uh, in any event, I'm going with the narrative. I'm going with the number. I'm giving the five and a half. I got Tua to come out and, and play his best game and, and put some hurting on the Texans and, and beating up on the guys that he can beat up on because he can't beat up on too many people. But this is one of them. So if he can't, if Ryan Flores has yeah. any anything, if Tua has yeah. anything, this game's got to be it. If he comes out and looks bad, we, we could have oh. Jack Brisket. We could have a Jack Brisket fighting in this game. Mm, boy. We could be going to the bullpen. Oh, there's a reason to kind of keep an eye on that game. That's about the only reason. If <laughs> you wanted a reason to pay yeah, any attention there it to this is. game, we just gave it to you. We just gave you the most compelling case we could for two one-in-seven teams. Exactly. All right, Vegas and the Giants. So has there ever been a, a season, a half a season like what the uh, Las Vegas Raiders have had? Because I don't think there has. No. Get your uh, coach, no. uh, your coach canned off of 10-year emails. Oh, uh, you got all that re- drama. Yeah, you store receiver uh, rear ends and torches a lady and her dog. Yeah, that's that's, that's how you spend your, your bye week. Man. Uh, but and and what I what really uh kinda gut punched me thinking about that, uh not just the the lady dying, whatever, but this is your first real uh season yeah. in Vegas with, with, with the people. Uh so you, you were in Vegas last year but it was the, the pandemic, so you weren't you weren't around the fans, you weren't really uh I, I don't know how much hanging out in Vegas the players were doing. Um but now this is the first season. You got the goodwill. You got the the yep. Raider Nation. You got the black hole, and, and you got everything going for you. And one of your players decides in your first real bye week in Vegas to go yeah. out and, and murder somebody. Yeah, and, um, you know, and, 
I give Derek Carr credit, right? Because he's like, well, you know, nobody, no, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna give Henry Ruggs any love right now, but I, I'll give him love. Derek Carr needs to realize plenty of dudes are gonna be giving Henry Ruggs love. Yeah. So um, he doesn't have to worry about it. Where, where Henry's going, he won't have to worry about love. Not the kind of love that Henry needs. Oh, but he, okay. It's a different kind of love. Oh. Uh, much, much different. Much different. <laughs> I, I did not expect you to go there. That was that, that was a good one. That was uh, that caught me by surprise. Uh, I might, so might, the then, Raiders, my, then my job here is done. <laughs> so the Raiders go out on the uh, on the road out to New York to play uh, Danny Dimes and the Giants after this uh, very emotional bye week. So this is a narrative game as well because either they're going to come back after yeah. this ne- latest drama and you know rally around each other and, and do what they did after the Gruden firing, or this is finally the straw that breaks the camel's back and they're going to come you know completely unravel and that's just one too many. Uh, so we'll see. The uh, better seem to think they're going to rally up again. Uh, Vegas at five and two are three point favorites on the road at the two and six Giants. Yeah, and, and the money the money's going that way. I mean, but you know, there's that part of me. And it, yeah, there's a chance it looks like they get Darren Waller back. That would be huge for them. Part of me, like, how much can you take? Right. This is the, you know, how. The coach gets fired, your, your star receiver. Now that affects you on the field. That directly impacts game outcome because that was that was the guy. He's the guy who goes. He takes the top off of the de- defense. He was the big playmaker. Now he's not there. I don't – I'm narr- – I love – you know, sometimes we make these narrative picks, and normally this would be the spot where I would go, yeah – it doesn't matter. Everything's pointed against them, so I'm taking the other team. No, I'm taking the Giants. This is too much. You can't, you're going. You're the West Coast team going east. You know the Giants are going to play ugly football. You got it. There's got to be all sorts of things on the minds of these players. You know your star receiver's not out there. You know he's he's looking at some hefty jail time. You would expect, especially as you if you know the details of the story, how awful it was. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Giants to win this game. I mean, just the fact that the that the, that the Raiders are giving points in this spot, you know, if we're just talking taking a pick here, it feels like there's some value here. So I'll I'll take the Giants. Yeah, Rugs facing I think 46 years when you total up all the the different charges they can throw at him. Yeah, yeah, when you drive at 150 some miles an hour, your airbag deployed yeah. at 127. Then and you're twice the, the, twice the, the fact legal that the gal's gas tank explodes, and yeah. the people, the witnesses, had to listen to her like burn to death. She was alive yeah. in her car, and her and her dog basically burned alive in her car because they couldn't get her out. Yeah, it's just pretty, an awful, yeah, absolutely awful story. So, you know, ugh. They, they, I, yeah, I'll take the Giants. Ick. <laughs> I don't want any part of the Raiders this week. Uh, and I don't blame you. Um, but just, you know, from a football standpoint, Giants, again, are, are without their stud running back, Saquon Barkley. He can't 
make his way back. So Devontae Booker again at, at running back, so they're shorthanded there. Uh, no Sterling Shepard with a quad injury. They're shorthanded in the receiving core. Uh, Raiders getting after Danny Dimes is going to be the way to go. That's how they've been winning these games this year is, is with their pressure, and I think uh, the Giants give up some some good pressure, uh, and, and Danny usually winds up having to run around out there. So I'm going to take uh, Vegas. I, I, I should have taken them to rally around the, their new coach back when they had the, the Gruden firing, which feels like it happened five years ago. Yeah. And they they rallied up, and uh, I, I, I think they just kind of keep rolling. I think at this point it's almost water off the back. Like, you know, what else could, what could possibly affect them? So, you know, that's one It's one way or the other. We'll, we'll see. That's definitely the, uh, a narrative game there. But uh, you're going one side of the narrative, and I'll go the other. Yeah. With, with, you know, uh, they're, they're pining for the days that their players came out as gay. Uh, the, the halcyon days, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like when things were innocent. Yeah. I'm, I'm pining uh, for the, What I'm pining for is the narrative bowl. I want to have the narrative Super Bowl. I want Raiders-Packers. Nothing would be better oh, Lord Almighty. than that media coverage for two weeks if we could have Raiders-Packers in the Super Bowl. It won't happen, but that would just – I mean, you would talk about, like, the whole sports media world imploding in on itself. Uh, yeah, I think I literally would not turn the TV on that entire week leading up to the Super Bowl. <laughs> not even for we a second. We saw two weeks of Brady mania was bad before every Super Bowl. Imagine that one. I, I don't want to imagine that. That's just, that's hell on wheels right there. All right, for, uh, Belichick and uh, the Carolina Panthers. <clears throat> mentioned Brady, and I, was, and I saw New England, and I almost thought he was back in New England for a second. Nope, that's, that's still Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Uh, so New England, Carolina, uh, this is definitely an interesting line because you got uh, the 4-4 four and four Patriots and the 4-4 four and four Panthers, but the yeah. direction these two teams are going. Uh, yep, ships the in the night. Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers are the favorite on the road, minus three and a half at Carolina. Yeah, you mean the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots are the favorites on the road, yep. minus three and a half at yep. the Panthers. But that all, like we said, ships passing in the night. There's a good chance Christian McCaffrey is back up, but Christian McCaffrey has a habit of being up and then being down real quick again. Uh, the more interesting aspect of this game is what is Bill Belichick going to do to Ghost Boy? Bones Ghost Boy. I mean, I believe it was – wasn't it the Patriots who gave him that reputation? I see dead people. Yeah. I, I thought about locking this one up too, uh, but I'm going to take the Patriots and give the points. I think Belichick is going to be living in the mind of, of young Sam Darnold for this game. Don't be shocked if we have another P.J. Walker sighting. Right. Well, Darnold does have a shoulder injury, so he's trying to work ah. his way back from that. Uh, so he, he had a concussion as well in that last game, but he got cleared from uh, for that, but he still has a shoulder injury. So, yeah, we, we may see P.J. Walker before the game, and if Darnold plays, we may see P.J. Walker during the game because <laughs> the Patriots might put uh, Sam Darnold down on the turf. Uh, I concur for the same reasons. Uh, the fraud Carolina D gets an improving Mac Jones and Darnold banged up versus Belichick. Yikes. Uh, yeah, so I yeah. concur for the same reasons. To your point. Uh, and I'm sure you'll see, I'm sure your trends show this. Yeah, Mac Jones is getting better every week. Absolutely. They were uh, 20th three three weeks ago in the league passing. Yeah. They are 13th. The Mac Jones-led New England Patriots are the 13th ranked passing offense yeah. in football, averaging 7.4 yards per throw, and they are definitely trending up. So. Yeah. 
He's, uh, he's making big plays to Nelson Aguilar. Who knew? And uh, figure. And uh, I've even seen Nikhil Harry come back from the grave and make a few plays. Well, that's really spooky. And Nikhil yeah. Harry sighting. Wow. Yeah. Next thing you know, the Patriots are going to sign Kevin White just to rub it in everyone's faces. <laughs> they can bring anybody back. Uh, on to late afternoon action. We'll go out east to Philadelphia, where the Eagles will host the Chargers. So Chargers have to go out east, but at least it's uh, late afternoon, so they won't yeah. be too effective time-wise. Uh, Chargers 4-3, and three, Eagles 3-5. Three and five. Chargers are a very slight favorite. Chargers minus one at Philadelphia. I will put the slight line on this game solely on the fact that the Chargers have been reeling this last couple of weeks. They lost, they, they've lost a couple of games, um, which I think puts, again, the Chargers are a better team. I think this puts this game back into value territory. And the Eagles are another team I know you love, so I wouldn't be shocked if you picked no. them. Um, but I'm going to take the Chargers here. I think they're the better team. and They need the win more. The Eagles might think they do. Ah, that's cute because they're not going anywhere. I think the Chargers have actual aspirations. Um, I, I think they go out there. I think this is going to be a tough game. I don't think this is going to just be blowout. Uh, I think the Eagles will put up a fight. But I think in the end, the Chargers will, um, will, will win and cover that number. I think I agree in general that the Chargers are, are certainly – the better team on the on the paper uh, on the field, uh, Eagles have shown some spunk. That's the reason I like them. I don't think they're you know a, a, a contender by any way, shape, or form. Uh, but Jalen Hurts specifically has uh, shown some playmaking ability, and I and I think he's got some uh, some potential in there. You know, he's clearly a step behind those other uh, rookie and, and two year quarterbacks, but he's like right there. He's, you know, underneath, but he's, he's not nearly as far back, I think, as uh, a lot of people think he is. Um, when you talk about averaging, you know, 7.1 yards per throw, I think that shows that he's got some ability. Because think about that Eagles receiving core that he's doing that with. Like, quick, name two Eagles receivers, because I don't think I can. Yeah, didn't Jalen Rager get hurt? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't name any you others. You're talking about the... <laughs> Deshaun Jackson? Uh, oh, wait. Not anymore. Freddie Mitchell? Uh, the, there's the other guy, your favorite, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, oh. and he just got hurt too. So, oh. You talk about healthy Eagles receivers. Uh, they're, they're running real thin there. He's, I see a lot um, of check downs to running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that running game is actually uh, a big weapon for the Eagles, and, and Hurts is a big part of that, of, of course. Uh, but they're still, you know, number six in the league running the ball, even not, even though Miles Sanders is down. Um, and I think uh, you talk about a perfect matchup, what the Eagles are running versus uh, the Chargers and the way they're defending the run or not defending it. They're dead last in run defense. They got destroyed on the ground by the Ravens and the Browns, uh, among others, and Philly, I think, is going to do the same. Uh, you know, Herbert's much the better quarterback, but just all around, you know, counting the running game as well, I think uh, Hurts is going to hang in there and give them the game, and, and I think the uh, the Eagles, if they stay smart and keep the right strategy and keep it on the ground, I think they can uh, ground and pound and outlast the Chargers. So, yeah, you're right. I am going to take the Eagles in this one, yeah. and I'll, I'll take that point. Ha-ha. <laughs> Man. Uh, the Packers and the Chiefs are the next game up, and who boy. So 
we got Aaron Rodgers who got the goop and is now not going to be able to play, ruled uh, out for this game, and I guess as soon as he can come back would be like next Saturday. Like he can't even step in the building uh, before next Saturday. So yeah, if he is able to come back and play, it's going to be like – Standard quarantine rules, it sounds like, is 10-day thing, right? Right. Well, it's going to be right on the razor's edge uh, for next yeah. week. But as far as this week, it's all about Jordan Love getting that first start under center for the Packers going against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So you got a lot of unknowns. You got Jordan yep. Love, you got, you know, the Chiefs and Mahomes and the way they've been looking. I don't know how anyone could feel really truly confident on either side of this. Uh Devontae Adams does come back from his bout uh with the group. Uh so at least Love will have some weaponry. Um so this is the Packers at seven and one as seven and a half point dogs uh at Arrowhead at the four and four Chiefs. You don't know who's confident. I'm confident about this game. I am locking this shit up. The Packers are going to win Ooh. this football game. What? Yeah, Enjoy I'm not well. just locking this up. This is a Packers W. It's the, it's a better defense. They're going to, you know, this is one of the better defenses in the league. We don't talk about the Packers defense. That secondary has tightened things up quite a bit. Russell Douglas was a great signing. Stokes has been playing very well. Um, they get Kevin King back now, but he doesn't have to go be the one. He can go out there and just be the three. Devondre Campbell, uh, NFC Defensive Player of the Month. He's a tackling machine. He's been everywhere. Uh, yeah. the, the, and the Packers are getting all the receivers back. So I think that they can scheme love into making enough plays to keep this thing at least under the seven and a hook. I think they're going to scheme it all the way to a victory. I'm taking the Packers. Lock it up. Uh, Chiefs desperate for any kind of help to shore up their terrible defense. Uh, trade with the Steelers and acquire the uh, aging husk of Melvin Ingram, so he should be active for that game. <laughs> the corpse of can, Melvin Ingram? Yep, he'll be out there. Uh, can the Packers overcome a second important goop-related absence? They did it last Thursday uh, with Devontae Adams being out and Aaron Rodgers still leading the way. Uh, to victory over the uh, Arizona Cardinals. But that was uh, Aaron Rodgers still in control of the show. So Aaron and guys got that done. This would be Jordan Love and guys. And if Jordan Love's capable of doing it, no one could possibly know because he hasn't had that play. And we're all going to be watching at the same time to see, you know, if this kid can, can get it done. Uh, the kid that Rodgers clearly didn't want them to draft in the first place and clearly had a lot of uh, animosity with the front office for them taking him uh, to begin with. So this is his first chance to show, you know, that he's worth the pick and that he's, he's worth the wait. And he has to do it against, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes, who's not the, the champion anymore, but uh, has a form, has a, you know, he's a former champion. He's got the ring. He's got the pedigree. Uh, hasn't played like a champion this year, um, but like I said, I think they were they're on the right track. I, I liked the way they did things Monday. They they really set Pat up and, and gave him you know a template for how to get back to being Pat. And uh, the Packers are not a pushover defense uh, for for Mahomes to continue to get back on track. But uh, you know it's not like they're shut down. Um, so I think the the Chiefs can continue to to get right. I think having a, a kid back there making his first start in Jordan Love on the road in this situation with the whole group controversy, this isn't just, you know, someone got hurt and next man up and let's all rally around. This is a little different 
I, I don't think it's quite the same when you talk about mentally and emotionally getting ready for this game with the backdrop of the, the whole uh, vaccination controversy going on uh, behind them. I think that's a little more distracting than if it was just the, the guy got hurt and we're, we're just going to rally up and be next man up. It's just a little different, I think. Um, I, I think uh, this is. I think it's a little much for them to, to overcome. You yeah, can't be overconfident in the Kansas City offense still, but uh, I think they're on the right track and I think they're going to get it done. I think they're going to cover the seven and a half over the kid Jordan Love. So I'm going to take the Chiefs and, and give the number. Uh, to, to take the Packers to cover, I, I guess I, I, I get that, especially the way the Chiefs have been playing this year. Uh, to take Jordan Love to get the win, I, I don't see it, but I'm certainly can't, you know, I, I can't laugh at you because you, you pulled out so many of those over the years where you're just like, eh, I, I got a feeling. So we're, we're going to go at it. We'll I bet you're it. scared, we'll though. Happens. I scared you. Oh, definitely. When I said I'm locking it up. You're like, oh, he's taking the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. I'm like, oh, you're going to lock in to Pat Mahomes the way yeah, he's playing, yeah, really? You know what? Devontae Adams is coming back. This whole Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the after show, but this whole Aaron Rodgers thing with the, with the controversy and all that, this is, I'm going to say it right now, this is a media creation. You're not hearing, none of the teammates are coming out in, in opposition to him. The NFL, well, there's an investigation, but nobody in the NFL or the NFL offices is coming out against Rodgers because apparently the, the narrative here is the league knew, the team knew, his teammates knew. What's Aaron Rodgers really in trouble for? He trolled the media. This is all a media creation. Everybody in the locker room and in the organization, they all have his back. Otherwise, somebody would have stepped out by now and been like, no, he's an idiot. Nobody other than media people are all after Aaron Rodgers right now. I think that I don't think this is splintering the locker room. I think the Packers are fine. Plus they get their best receiver back. I think they can win this game. Their defense is really good. This is a number seven defense in the league. This isn't a bad defense. No, it's not. It's not a bad defense. I think there's more smart people in that locker room than, than, than you're letting out. I think there's a lot of people that think that, Aaron Rodgers is full of shit, but they just can't say it right now because it's not the right time. The Packers have had four COVID issues since the season started. Two were vaccinated, two were unvaccinated. One of them was their franchise quarterback who lied to the media or misled the media. That's what this all is. If Aaron Rodgers would have just said, I'm unvaccinated, then he would have taken some heat at the time and they would have given him the Cole Beasley treatment. And maybe he just didn't want that. Maybe he saw what was going on. But I think a lot of the, the fear that's out there over Aaron Rodgers is, is, is just that. I, I think there's a lot of smoke, but I don't think there's a whole lot of fire there. Okay. That's my gut feeling about this whole thing. And now I think Aaron Rodgers is doing one of the just all-time great troll jobs. Well, he's certainly playing, you know, uh, Dumbass Vax uh, denier bingo. He's got all the the yeah. uh, word soup and and not COVID denier, and he's uh, Joe Rogan's involved, and yeah, he's going going all the way with it. So yeah, I just yeah. I, I don't understand the the mentality of something like that. But yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it later. Uh, one more late afternoon game. It's the uh, Cardinals and the Forty ers in the NFC West. And this is going to be a flip of the earlier matchup in week five because that was where the 49ers had to use their backup quarterback, 
Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt and uh, Lance in his first start did not uh, have a great showing for himself in the uh, uh, Cardinals on the uh, at, at home uh, in Glendale won that one seventeen to ten. So now tomorrow in Santa Clara, the Cardinals visiting the Forty ers and they haven't said that Kyler Murray is going to miss the game with his ankle injury. But all the talk coming out feels exactly like the Dak talk last week when the coach was not what was saying. Well, we're not uh, saying that he's not going to play. We're going to you know, test them out before the game, and we'll see how it looks. But we got to be smart. We can't be, you know, taking, putting all our eggs in one basket. We can't put them in for this game if we don't think he's going to, you know, play at his best. And uh, we got to look at the big picture. All the same stuff that uh, was coming out of Cowboys camp last week is coming out of Cardinals camp uh, this week. So it certainly feels like the same thing is going to happen, and Kyler is going to be declared inactive tomorrow. So, We'll see how that turns out. Uh, if he goes down, uh, next man up is uh, coming out of the Random Allen quarterback room, Colt McCoy, ready to mm. uh, get yeah. into action for the cards. Um, and he's going to have some weaponry issues because New Hopkins has a hamstring issue, and it sure looks like he's not going to be able to play either. So we already know A.J. Green is not going to play because he's got the goop. Uh, so a lot of issues going on in the Cardinals' uh, locker room right now. Uh, on the San Francisco side, Debo Samuel has a calf injury, and that looks bad. Looks like he's not going to play, but they do get George Kittle back at tight end. Uh, so with all that said, Cardinals at 7-1, and one, I think this represents that the public thinks that uh, Kyler's not going to be out there. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs at the 3-4 and four 49ers. First of all, no reason if you're even hesitant at all or you're worried at all about the health of Kyler Murray, why you need to play him in this game. You're, I guess it's a division game. You're four games clear of these guys. I know you're in a dogfight with the Rams, but it's the longest season ever. you got to think about the 17-game season and, and, and things. If you're going to be a serious playoff team, you're not going to go out there and get your star quarterback wrecked in, in this game and in this spot. So, yeah, exactly. You, you pointed it out. The money is still going and the line is still going as if, those guys aren't going to play. I'm going the money. Why? I'm pl- I'm following the money here. I'm taking the money play. I'm taking the 49ers. I'm giving the points. Uh, yeah, ran- that is Random Allen, uh, about as good as it gets there. Colt McCoy. He's not pulling a Mike White here. I sure the fuck hope not. I can't take any more of this, man. All these backup <laughs> quarterbacks, and I-, I think I've gone against just about every one of these backup situations, and they've all uh, fucked me up the ass. They all come through and. and- have these once in a lifetime performances. I, I'm I'm sick of it. I hope it doesn't happen to me again. Uh, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to concur with you and take the uh, the 49ers replacement quarterback theater. Um, it's I, I I don't see it. I, I don't see uh, Cole McCoy stepping in for the for the Cardinals, especially uh, missing you know DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. Like uh, if Cole can get the ball out there, he's going to be throwing it to basically like Rondale Moore and guys. Christian Kirk. I don't think that's about it. Yeah. It's about it, and I think the 49ers can overcome that and should overcome that, keeping it on the ground. Um, kind of like the Browns right now, keeping it away from their quarterback as much as they can, uh, but I'll, I'll concur and take the Niners. Sunday night is the Tennessee Titans without their stud running back. Derrick Henry, unfortunately, broke his foot, and his yeah. season is over. Um, ten, uh, six and 6-2 Tennessee and 7-1 and one Los Angeles. Uh, the L.A. Rams, that was going to be a hell of a Sunday night game. 
Um, instead, um, now with Henry down, it's a, a seven-and-a-half-point line, Titans yeah. plus seven-and-a-hook at the Rams. Yeah. Well, you said one key word in that whole thing, and that word was was. This game was going to be good. I don't think this game is going to be good anymore. I think the Rams are going to put it on the Titans. Titans ad played admirably against the Colts in a tough division game coming back, but no, no Derrick Henry, no, no Moss. Uh, Tennessee's yeah. in big trouble going forward here. That's their MVP. I'm going to take the Rams to cover. Julio Jones is going to try again to get out there with his hamstring injury. They need all hands on deck uh, for the Titans, of course. Von Miller might debut uh, for the Rams coming back from his knee injury because, you know, the Rams are so uh, decrepit on defense, you know, rushing the pass or whatnot. They need, they need help. Yeah. They need Von Miller to get in there, you know. They got that Aaron Donald guy, but, you know, what's he? Come on. Yeah. And Leonard Floyd. Um, yeah, Jalen Rand. Uh-huh. His defense is just crap. Yeah, Lord help the Titans of Tannehill turns back into Miami Tanny uh, without Derrick Henry. They they got no chance, especially if Julio uh, doesn't return to form. This is not a good defense for, for them to play first game without Henry, the, the L.A. Rams. The, um, you feel bad about the Titans' chances, and they were it was going to be a good game. I feel even worse about it than you do. I am locking up the Rams and giving the seven and a half. I locked up the Titans uh, for the Titans a couple of times, and now I'm going against them now with Derrick Henry down. That's how much Henry means. Uh, I think that's a huge, huge loss. And then Monday night, my Bears, oh, dear. The uh, three and five Chicago Bears and Justin Fields go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are six-and-a-half-point dogs at the four and three Steelers. But but fear not, my friend. It's the perfect scenario. It's the Bears oh. in prime time on the road as an underdog against an AFC opponent. I'm bear whispering. They're going to win the game. Oh. oh, my God. I'd love to see it. I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, but I would love to see it. Uh, there's, there's no way I'm, I'm going with the Bears. It's, it's all about the, the road situation. This kid uh, feels seems to be much, much worse when he's on the road. So I'm definitely going to go. Uh-oh. Is um, T.J. Watt going to sit on him like Miles Garrett did? Uh, probably <laughs> four or five times. More on our after show when we come back. And into our VIP after show program. And that was sort of an old school show where we're scrambling and trying to get yeah. connected. And can you hear me? I can't hear you. And at but the end I'm of the day, you, we, we got it done. It is the quintessential bear whisper because it has every element that I always looked at when I would do my bear whispering. It, it, it's all of this is what bear whispering was. The bears in prime time on the road against an AFC opponent as an underdog. Book it. Yeah. The bears win. <laughs> Last second field goal. They stun the Steelers who always downplay their opponent. I'm afraid of that. It actually wouldn't be surprising if the Steelers let the the Bears stick around somehow. (laughs) Nobody. It it wouldn't make any sense. The level of their competition worse than Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, And and the Bears don't have Khalil Mack again, and – uh, ben should be able to sit back there and pick – if he can pick anyone apart anymore, I don't know if he can ever again, but if he can, this would be the time for him to do it. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it definitely feels like a game that the Steelers should uh, romp in, which that scares me because the Steelers usually don't romp when they should, and it scares me that the Bears are, are on the road in a, in a 
prime time spot that they don't they probably shouldn't be in, and therefore and probably get, are going to. And we get Justin off. Fields. Uh, we get Justin Fields a prime time game. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, he's we'll how he does. He's not ready he for prime time. Uh, no, I, I would agree with you there. He'll make some plays, uh, but I, I tell you what, it, it's, the, it, it's just like got my beakers and Bunsen burners and my, my, my <laughs> mad scientist bear whispering going on right now because this has every hallmark of what I do when I pick these. These and, and I would tell you historically these come up winner. We know historically these come up winners more often than they don't. Yeah, sure, sure seems like it. Uh, seven games we're different on out of the thirteen left. So it's wow, a little, little muscular, little, little strong uh, action with us uh, going back and forth. Yeah, you know, six that we agree on and seven that we're against is uh, that's more than usual. Well, well, I'll hang my hat on on, on the one that I have it means I just need to win three of the remaining ones to pull even, you know, to have a, a, a push for the week. Uh, I just don't need you to sweep me again because that would really be disaster. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't I, know. I, I don't know anything anymore. I, I don't crazy, know what I, I got. I got a crazy lock. I've got bear whispering going on in this game. You know, I got, I got, I got Tyrod Taylor winning a game. I got Houston going on the road and winning a game. I got some weird stuff this week. Weird stuff happens. That's yeah, uh, I got the Giants. The people that can you know beat the narrative. The weird stuff happening and call it. That's, I, I envy them because I don't. I didn't see any of that shit last week. It's not like I saw I much better. I only coming. pulled out a six and nine. Yeah, but, but I feel I feel like I lost every game. I know I won three, but it feels like I lost every damn one of them. Yeah. We lost a lot of games that we agreed on too. Uh, that that's not normal. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a very abnormal week. Uh, I think uh, I think a lot of people got got holes last week, uh, especially when you think about all those replacement players and, and quarterbacks that started and the ones that uh, came in in the middle of games and they all came through. They all came through. It, it was it, I've never seen anything quite like that. I was a weird week. I just I know I'm sitting there on Sunday because I got we got home uh, from our trip. I don't know ten minutes after twelve, we got home. So I was able to sit down. On the you know, kids are carving pumpkins and we're getting ready. We're gonna go uh, trick or treating in the evening. But I got a good solid, you know, four or five hours. It, it just with my red zone and my mom uh, was down visiting because she was watching the dog while we were on our trip. So she comes over and house sits for us. She gets, you know, gets it's like a little vacation for her. You know, she gets the, she, so she had only ever heard us talk about the red zone on the show. Oh, and, she got experience. So her experience with it was very interesting because at the beginning she didn't know what quite what was going on. She was very confused by it. Right. Because she thought I was just watching a game and right. it's real hard because it keeps switching back and forth. And then it goes to three games all up on the screen. And then you get it. So she's, um, she's watching. And I'll tell you what, it didn't take maybe but a half hour or 45 minutes. And all of a sudden she's like, this is, this is really cool. You know, like she was just <laughs> like completely sold on the whole, like once you get the pace that it's this relentless commercial free, just nonstop, like football crack shot right into your veins. Um, with all the big plays and they're showing you everything. If you miss a big play because something else is happening, they'll go right to it. If there's a pick, there's a turnover. It's just, you're just getting it nonstop. It's just, 
um, it's addictive. I, I, I have a hard time just sitting down and watching a regular football game. I, I live for my red zone. Uh, you're, you're not alone. It's, that's pretty much the review that I've always heard throughout the years from anybody who has it. Like, it's, just, it's life-changing. You'll never yeah. watch football the same way again. Just wait. You, one day you'll experience it, and you'll be like, man, I <laughs> to shoot that right into the veins. I'm telling you. I got the channel on my system. It's just, you know, you have to order it. So right. I, I've never actually yeah. sat down and ordered it. Hopefully one time they'll do like a, a free preview weekend or something or get bumped up in a pay. You know, so I'm specifically I'm on, uh, I just stream. So I just have Sling TV. And that, because that was the one I signed up for, for football season, because it's got ESPN. Um, so I, I, I paid the couple bucks extra to do their, their sports more themed one where I get NFL Network and ESPN. But the, this, the addition this year is that they have red zone. So wow. uh, I just, yeah, so I'm at work, I can pull out the phone, I can go on break, and I can just, you know, I can I can just get that infusion of football. And it, yeah, it, I, I, I converted my mom. My mom's a believer now. <laughs> so, yeah, her experience with it was really interesting. At the beginning, it was just total confusion. What's going on? I don't like this. And then within an hour, it was just, oh, this is really cool. Oh, they just switched to this game. Oh, wow. Oh, did you see that play? Because you're just getting all of this just constant barrage. And, you know, there's so many games, especially early when you're in that first three-hour window where you have six, eight games all going at the same time and all these games are going to the fourth quarter and coming down to the wire. Yeah, it's just relentless, and uh, it's a ton of fun. And then you get to the afternoon games, and it's almost like, Oh, I could breathe. But then the nice part in the afternoon games, because there's not as much action, they'll stick with the games a little bit longer. They'll still switch back and right. forth, but you'll end up getting the more marquee matchups more. They'll show you longer drives. It just won't be they'll wait until they're in the red zone. But then when there's nothing happening, they just go back and show you highlights from the first three hours of football, too. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds like something I definitely want to uh, partake in uh, one time. I, I don't yeah. know when I'm going to do it, it but... It, it's like you're in the sports bar with all the games on, right? Mm-hmm. Except they're all on one TV. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of you have to watch... You know, I, I can remember doing that like when I was younger, if we'd be out of town. like if, uh, as I can remember doing it at like, uh, Mall of America or any of these places. And you, go, you find the sports bar because anybody's got the package, and then every, they'd have up the... 8, 10, 12 TVs, and every game would be on, you know. And then you're just, like, your head's just constantly, oh, there's a good play over there, there's a good play over there. Yeah, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And they'll shy, they have no problem, uh, you know, they stay away from blowouts. They'll show you if there's a touchdown or something. But, you know, the, the, the games that are not compelling, they won't show you very much of. Right. Uh, except early, because think... that's when you see all the scoring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it sounds like they know, you know, how to do it and how to present it and, and what people want to see. So um, yeah. I, I it's an NFL product, that, so I'm not surprised hook, that it's the, nice and slick. The thing slick. that really hooked my mom was when she realized there were no commercials at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that does sound very compelling. Although I still wonder, you know, what the, what does the host do all day if there's no commercials? Like Diapers? A, a, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, they'll just have moments where it's quiet because the host you – know, sometimes they're just cutting back and forth in games, and then the host just ends up being more, like, talking over. So you don't see them actually at the desk very often. 
so they'll cut back to him in time. So there, there's there's periods where you could go five ten minutes. So if the guy's got to go and you know do oh. something or, or or scarf down a sandwich or something, he's got time to go do that. You're saying you're hearing his voice. I thought you were suggesting that he's taking a whiz while Who talking knows? about the be, game. Yeah, he could be dropping a deuce <laughs> with a headset on. I don't know. If you listen real carefully, you hear that weird splashing. sound I just heard. That is, some, is that splashing? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's not uh, what's going on. Uh, so, how, so how was the uh, the Halloween trip? Good. A lot of fun. You know, my, my kids love that part. Of, uh, uh, like anywhere where there's lakes and water and waves and wind, and my kids love it. And, you know, it turns out, so we're, we get over there on the lakeside, and it's, it's still more, you know, it, it's not warm, but it was a nice weekend. It was in the upper 50s on Saturday, and then Sunday the weather just tanked. I mean, it was really cold. And the wind was whipping in off the water, so it was two totally different days. Like winter arrived all of a sudden on Sunday, but they just love it there so much. And it was, uh, it was still prime peaks, uh, color season, you know, which was, which is our part of the state's been over. Like we didn't never, never really got started over there. It was just like picture postcard, perfect for, for fall colors. And it was just, you know, fun being out. They got to walk around town and trick or treat and see all these other people and kids all dressed up in their costumes. They went to go, it was a parade. They got to walk around, you know, so they had a lot of fun. It was it was it was something that was different, which is nice. It's always nice to go do something different when you have little kids, because you sometimes end up feeling like you're going and just doing the same things over and over sometimes. Right. So this was nice to go, you know, spend three days and go some, do something that that was different, like more of like a festival type thing. So of course, and they got candy, so you can't beat that. Of course. What's no, Halloween without candy? It was good. I, I, I appreciate the effort that you put into in the show by yourself. It, it sounded weird, so I can't imagine what it felt like doing the show weird. I know how it feels for me when you drop and I just have to start talking. Obviously, if I was more prepared that I knew going in, I'd have to go for that long. I remember how weird it was trying to do that show with my kids. That was unique. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you did you did good. I mean, you clearly don't have a problem going 45 minutes without input from me. That's well documented. Uh, you have known since 1982 that I am <laughs> full of hot air and I can keep going and going and going. So you did you did good. You, you, you slid my points in. I loved it when you crapped on them, especially when I beat you. It after, so well, listening to it <laughs> after the fact with you crapping on my picks that I beat you on was even better. Oh, I'm sure. My, my tears tasted sweet to you, I'm sure. They did. They did. And that was, of course, yeah, was, on Monday, uh, so I'm going – I did not yet know. I was thinking I'm going to get the Chiefs tonight, and I'm going to 5-0 and again, you know. Mm-hmm. I was really feeling it on Monday. Uh, thankfully, they, uh, they haven't gotten everything figured out yet, but hopefully they do tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting doing it by myself. I was, <clears throat> I was nervous as hell, uh, which was – Really odd. It's not like I haven't been doing this podcast for nine years. Yeah, you see, I was thinking, like, I remember the like the first few shows. Like, I remember the first show. Oh yeah, jitters. Like, oh my god, yeah, you know, which is weird when you think about it because, well, we we were so rushed because that was a thirty-minute show, and 
you know, we, we really – we spent 20 of the first 30 minutes. That was supposed to be, our, I think, one of our preview shows. We spent the first 20 minutes of the 30-minute show just explaining who the hell we were. <laughs> All right, and talking about our relationship and everything. Yeah. Um, so, the, but yeah, that was part of the nervousness. Was, oh, I, I, I didn't know when to stop talking <laughs> and start yeah. going, talking about the football. I remember the feeling mm-hmm. of, of like, it was like that nervous and you're excited. And you're like, why? Well, I, I don't know why. Cause we've been doing this for, you know, so long. Yeah. You know, so, no, it was I mean, just people, the, anything unusual or, you know, out of the norm. So that was, everything was out of the norm. I was doing it by myself. And I was doing it on Sunday morning, which I, that was my choice to, to do it. Then right. Because that just because that allowed me to have a normal Saturday evening, you know, with my with my wife instead of having to rush and make my picks and get ready for the show. Um, so I chose to do it that way, and it was it was fun to be able to wake up Sunday morning and do the show, but it was different. So it was you know, I didn't sleep, I didn't rest very well knowing that I had to get up and, and do that. Um, so that was weird, but it was but it was still fun. Uh, but right. yeah, the filling the time obviously wasn't a, an issue. Hell, I'd uh, cut my last pick off anyway with being by myself. I still, you know, had ten yeah. seconds left to get the Monday night pick in. So doesn't matter how much I, time I give myself. That's why I did at least want to do a little bit more than the bare minimum and not just send you my picks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I at least wanted to put like a sentence with each one or try to give you a little bit of the flavor of, of why I was at least making the pick. Because I could have just done, the, I could have just half-assed it and just sent you my picks and then really listened to you go like, oh, he took that chat. <laughs> you know, instead of actually like putting a oh, little that's... bit of a justification. I, I, mean, I should have just put the Jets in this, put just because, because that would have been even better. Just because. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Basically how it, I treated it. You did. Uh, which is funny because you immediately go, well, these are the ones he wins, so I'm screwed. <laughs> but no, that's what I did for you when I was in Mexico. Was I put a little uh, sentence next to each pick so you could have something yeah. to you didn't you weren't able to really go into depth with it because you had your kids there and you were trying to wrangle them at the same oh, time, man. so it wasn't that, you know, quite the same I, thing. Obviously, I don't think I don't know if it came through on the show how how much fun I was having. Like how, yeah. like you know, but you can't because it's hard to see. You can't see the reactions. You can't see them laughing or smiling or any of that. That's it's hard to see that over the radio. And there were a few points I was frustrated. Obviously, I was going through the whole thing of emotions. You know, I'm trying to rein in two kids who are just excited to be talking to the universe <laughs> and putting mm-hmm. it out there at that point, and then also trying to like, okay, well, let's get back to the picks here. Um, I would do it again. I would do it again. Just get them more experience with stuff. They love stuff like that. I mean, you know, I was, uh, you know, you know, Grant at one point was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? He wants to be a YouTuber. I'm like, no, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, we yeah. had a great time. It's, uh, it's Door County. That's like the premium vacation spot in one of them in Wisconsin. That's not the Dells. Everybody knows Wisconsin Dells, you know, it's water parks and roller coasters and that that's, you know, uh, it's funny that my kids like going to that part of the state more over by the lake because it's uh, not the most kid friendly place. It's just, there's just not much to do for kids. there. I remember hating it there when I was growing up. Um, my kids love it. I could plop my kids down by the water and let them just watch the waves and just just be with nature. And they're the happiest kids. So I love that. That's, you know, that's I, too. 
That's why that's nice. <laughs> we still um, spend a ton of money never... when we're there, but that part's free. Right. Now, I've never been up there uh, to Door County, but the reason I'm familiar with it is from working on the trading floor for 10 sure. years. That's all. Like That's got to be the place that I've heard traders talk about the most to, to get away. To, to go on a, it's page. a big money area. There's a lot of big money stuff there. Um, There's big like money, houses. and it's it's the exact opposite of Chicago. Um, so uh, yes. from you know from what I understand, that is you yeah. get away from everything about Chicago, the excitement, the hustle and bustle. Right. Door County is the exact opposite. So, you know, and uh, that was, I think about my kids, my like my son, who's re- he's really into like the the Great Lakes. He's really into like the history of it and the geology and the geography. I mean, he's 70, but he loves everything to do with the Great Lakes. He's got a poster up on his wall with shipwrecks, a map of shipwrecks all over the Great Lakes. He's really into it. And I'm thinking, I didn't have that experience because we grew up by the lake. Mm -hmm. I mean, the lake was, you grew up in Chicago, the lake is just part of life growing up. You can go there anytime you want. It's one massive 27-mile-long 27 27 park. I, I mean, it was no big deal to just go down to the lake, you know. Um, it was there anytime you wanted it. Where, where I live now, you don't, they don't have that, right? They, they don't just have an inland sea, you know, two miles from right. their house like I grew up with. I mean, we have lakes or little rivers and stuff around it. Not quite the same. You know, because you no. get to that, you get, you know what it's like. You get to the, you get downtown in Chicago, and you look out, you don't see the other side. Right. You know, no, and, it's just too, too big. <laughs> right. There's, there's people who don't, you know, don't live around the Great Lakes area who realize how vast these bodies of water are. And you know, there's that. There, they, my kids definitely have that, that call of the sea. Uh, they, they love it. They love, they love being on boats, kayaks, <laughs> swimming. They don't care. Uh, they love them some some lake action, so I, I like that. I, I like that they they like the nature part. Well, maybe they'll enjoy uh, cruising when they get older. I, I I don't see why they wouldn't. They've been on like the car ferry and they've been on scenic boat tours and stuff like that. I don't I don't see why they'd ever have a problem with a with a cruise. I have myself never been on a cruise. I want to go. The people at my job, the biggest obstacle seems to be uh, just all the water. Like, so, you know, if you're afraid of the water, or you're, de- you know, you can't yeah. swim, or you just, uh, or maybe just seasick or something like that. But if right. the kids, you know, are, are already much used to water a, and really I'm, like it, I'm not much of a swimmer. I, I, I'm just fine with boats. Right, I, I can't swim yeah. at all. But uh, they, they usually don't have to swim when 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 you're on these big. Uh, cruise ships. There's, yeah, swimming is optional on those things. Yeah, you know, my big one, my wife knows the big one for me is, you know, I want to, the Alaskan cruise, that's like bucket list yeah. for me. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that's that's going to be my, you know, I'm hoping I went so over the top for, for her 40th that, that, that that's what's waiting for me when I turn 50. <laughs> <laughs> the down payment on that next milestone. Uh-huh. We just have to keep one up. You can only hope. She took the, you know, obviously (laughs) Vegas was the big one, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm like, Jesus, how do I one up Vegas? You know, because that was such an amazing trip. And then we do the the hot air balloon ride and the thing down in Santa Fe. And yeah, I think I one upped it just by a slight margin. That's good. And that was, and getting me up in something like that, that was like, 
Once I was committed to it, I was like, I resigned my fate, but I don't like to fly. No, no, we, we, we know you don't like to fly at all. Yeah. So I, I, I took one that's for the good. team. So, yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah, that's good. I, and, and, and I don't I know if I'll ever get on in a hot air balloon. So I'll try not to do that to you. Good on you. I'll try not to do that too many. Actually, I did. I liked it, which is the weird part. I didn't really have any fear because it was so so calm. You know, my my fear was more before because once we were up there, it's so peaceful and serene. You're not thinking that four inches below your feet is death. You're not I even sure hope you're not. It just feels like it. Just feel because you you don't feel the movement when you're up on the breeze. You know, it's just you're you're just floating. We're and once the once we asked the pilot, you know how high up we were, twelve hundred feet off the ground. Wow! And I mean, it was beautiful. It was calm. Uh, yeah, it, it was. You know, for that forty-five minutes that, that we were up and you know and down and up and down, and even the altitude changes. It's like you never lost your stomach. You never really felt like you know, oh, you had to hold on for anything. It was. Uh, yeah, it, it's not something. I would say no to if the opportunity ever came up again. Uh, I'm just going to make sure it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting because you describe how once you get up there, you're kind of floating. You don't realize anything. Uh, for someone who uh, doesn't like flying, but you had to do a lot of flying, as you already know, yeah, it pretty much describes flying for anyone you know who has fears of flying or whatever. Once you're up there, I don't know if I really ever had a fear of it, but I do know once I you know, started flying and I realized that once you get up, you know, 30,000 feet or whatever, yeah. you don't feel anything. It feels like you're, you're driving, you know, riding in a car, basically. Yeah, or a um, bus. It feels yeah. more like you're on a bus. You know, you hit the well, turbulence, you go, like you're hitting some potholes, yeah, you, you know, yeah. I've exactly. had rougher. When you go through I've, some of those clouds, it just feels like a bumpy road. I mean, I've had rougher train rides than plane rides. Mm. So, um, yeah. Have we ever uh, talked about, like, the worst turbulence we've ever been through and, and how uh, – have you ever been to really, really bad turbulence? Uh, like, uh, yeah, we took off out of Denver. I remember we were all on vacation, my family, me, my mom, my sister, my brother-in-law. We were all out in Colorado, and my, my brother-in-law and I had to fly home because we were cutting it so that we were just going to fly home and go back to work, and my mom and sister were just going to drive back home because they didn't really have any time that they were up against. So I remember me and my brother jumped on a flight out of Denver to Chicago, and it was the biggest plane I've ever been on. We were on a big 777. Right, I mean, this is a big plane, and I'm thinking, well, big plane, smoother ride. Nope, didn't mm. help. First of all, we're <laughs> taking off out of Denver, right? And all around Denver, there's thunderstorms. Oh, that was that was really bumpy for about the first hour of that flight. It was it was like knocking us around pretty good. Like at one point, like the plane is banking. And wind hit the wing as we were taken off, and all of a sudden the plane feels Ooh. like it's almost like perpendicular to the ground. You know, Ooh. like you feel like you're looking across the aisle out the other window straight down at the ground, like, whoa, and then it, it adjusted back real quick, so that was weird. And this was one of those planes that had the screen in front of you, so you could watch movies and all that. Yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the channels showed you 
your your flight data, right? So it showed you your altitude and your course, and it had a little map. So I had, oh, this is cool. So we're taking off. We just had that issue, and we're starting to starting to go up. And it's like, oh, okay, we're starting to, you know, we're still on the way up. You know, so you're still leaning back, and I'm watching the altitude, eleven thousand, twelve thousand, thirteen thousand, and then we just get this huge jolt on the plane. Everybody loses their stomach, and it literally went. 11,000, 12,000, 13,000, 12,000. I mean, it was just like, boom, you know, and you felt it like everybody's stomach dropped and like, it literally showed us like we dropped a thousand feet. Wow. Coming, yeah, and Denver's rough. I mean, there's, you know, they, they've got wind shear problems. That's why they moved the airport so far out because they used to have plane crashes there because, you know, you got the mountain, you got all the, the, the wind coming down right off the mountain. So Denver's a tough a tough place and it was summer and it was turbulent and it was bumpy. Yeah. That was, that was by far my worst plane ride, which should have been my best. Cause it was on like the biggest, coolest, fanciest plane I've ever been on. Um, yeah, yeah that was a rough, that was a rough ride. Mm. I think we dropped a thousand feet. Uh, yeah, for my that worst was turbulence. So I think you, I think you got me beat on that one. Um, but it was, it was bad. It was one of those, flights to Minneapolis, I'm pretty sure, back when I was uh, seeing that young lady that I was dating. And it was a similar weather. It was rainy and thunderstorming. And, uh, yeah, we, we went through a you know really, really bad patch, uh, probably 10, 15 minutes of really bad turbulence and bumping everywhere and, and jolting and, uh, you know, pretty sharp drops. Like I said, not a 1,000 feet, but really, you know, really sharp at, at a couple of different points. And what I'll never forget about it is, I guess, the people in front of me and the people across the aisle from them were uh, related, that they knew each other. So one of the really sharp drops we take, I see the woman uh, that's in front of, uh, not in front of, not directly in front of me, but in front of me and to the right across the aisle, looked over at the people uh, sitting in front of me that she knew. And actually, mouthed the when waved her hand and mouthed the words "bye bye," like that's how bad she felt. And I'm like, "Don't do that!" Oh my god! Why would you do that? Don't. I, I was handling pretty well before she did that, and then at that point, I got really scared. Like, oh shit! Oh, yeah. I, you know, what the fuck was about to happen there? <laughs> um, yeah, she was just panicking, you know, about the turbulence, and and you know, there's a lot of people like that. Uh, that have really bad reactions to flying. I completely understand that. There was a guy on this most recent flight from uh, Miami to uh, Memphis when we came home from this cruise. There was a guy across, uh, it was we, uh, just like you, we were on a, a really big, uh, I don't know if it was 777 or not, but it was really big. It was three different uh, sections of the of the plane, not the usual. Oh, two. wow. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the middle and over on the right, uh, uh, in in one of the right sections, there there was a guy, this big tattooed guy, and he was so afraid of what. And we weren't even having bad turbulence. I think we did have a little, but it wasn't bad at all. But he was freaking out so much that he was clutching onto the seat in front of him. And the guy that was sitting in that seat just kept looking at me like, "Dude, what is your problem?" Like he was really going through it, and he was like talking to himself and babbling, and 
uh, almost speaking in tongues. Like, he was completely freaking the fuck out. And wow. He was, like, freaking me out just from his reaction. But uh, everyone has different reactions. But the, guy, the people that react that badly usually know that they're going to react that badly and drug themselves up before they get on the <laughs> or, or drink. That's my move. Just go hit the whole well, – go hit the airport bar. Yeah, that, that's a drug, too. A little, little liquid um, courage never hurts. Yeah, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of different people that have a lot of different I – mean, I've, I've always enjoyed flying. I don't know yeah. what that says about me. But yeah, yeah that's me. one of those irrational fears. It's like statistically, you know, it's the safest way to fly, blah, 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 blah. But it's just there's certain feelings. That I, I, I don't like takeoff. I don't mind landing. I love – people are like, oh, landing is the worst. No, I love landing because it means it's almost over. Like one way or the other. <laughs> It's almost over. I don't like takeoff. <laughs> the takeoff feeling to me is the one I hate, where the plane lifts up off the ground, but it feels like the plane's ass is dragging, and and, and yeah. it's, oh, it's just like oh, I don't like it, you know. And then the, then the then the engines really kick in, and then you kind of like you zoom up, and then all the banking mm-hmm. they do close to the ground, I don't like that. That that bothers me. And I don't like bank. Yeah. I don't mind banking it. 35,000 feet because then it's just kind of like oh, okay, you can tell you're just taking this nice gradual turn. The, the the banking that they do coming out of airports, I remember banking out of Midway one time. I felt like the wings were scraping rooftops. Um, but the worst I can ever remember, that was the worst turbulence, but the worst experience I had on a plane was flying back from Montana when I was working out there. And uh, we ended up having a huge delay. We ended up flying from uh, – the, the flight was from Missoula Airport to Minneapolis. And there were only seven of us on the plane because it was so delayed. There only ended up being seven of us. We had this 727, all to ourselves, right? And we're flying into Minneapolis. It's the middle of the night, and there's an ice storm in Minneapolis when we're landing. And you you talk about, like, looking around and seeing other passengers freaking out, and that's how you kind of like that. That's what freaks you out. I'll I'll one-up you on that. When you should really be scared is when you see the flight crew scared on the plane because that's what i had to deal with like the flight attendants looked looked scared and we're hanging on and we're buckling up because what happens is we land at minneapolis and we don't stop like you can tell you're gonna stop eventually right right we're landing in ice so we're rolling yeah and we're rolling and we're rolling and you look out the window and there goes the terminal and we're still rolling And we're not really feeling like we're slowing down. And we must have started getting towards the end because the pilot just slammed on the brakes. I mean, slammed on the brakes like everybody's flying forward, hitting the seat in front of them. That, like, hard slammed on the brakes. Slammed on the brakes so hard that we're fishtailing, you know. He got that thing stopped. But, yeah, when I'm watching... The, the terminal roll by and like you can see the lines. It's like everything is just like, where are we supposed to be? We're landing. Aren't we supposed to be slowing down? Um, yeah, and, and yeah, and then all of a sudden we just jerk to that stop. But yeah, those, those the flight crew, those those, uh, those gals <laughs> look really scared. <laughs> and that's what I was. That I was fine up until that point. When I see them giving each other the looks, when I see them tightening the seatbelt, I was like, oh, that that Uh, can't be. Because they do this for a living. Right. Right? It's not like there's other passengers. They're all like, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) And they're scared? That's not good. Mm. Yeah. That's that's, that's horrifying. That sounds like something out of a bad movie. So 
So that was probably the most, but it was like a real quick jolt of like fear because it wasn't over like an extended period of time, you know, I mean, the whole thing couldn't have taken that long, you know, the time it takes to land the plane and stop, except just a little, little yeah. longer at the end. Well, it's your time, time yeah. yeah, it was the first time I'd ever been on a plane where the pilot just jammed the brakes. Mm. And you can just feel yeah. that thing just like all you hear the engines, just everything just grinds down and you're just holding on for dear life. Cause that thing is just like nosing into it. And you're just, yeah, and it, you got it stopped. That's all I care about. <laughs> I definitely have never I know experienced that. Those Minneapolis don't want to swamp. Ooh. You've flown into Minneapolis. You know, you fly right over all that like bog and marsh. Um, when you're landing down there in the river area, because it's right by the Mississippi River, yeah, you miss that runway. <laughs> uh, there's only two ways you're going. You're you're going into the street over by Mall of America, or you're going into the swamp. Uh, thankfully, I wasn't. Uh, I was happily una- blissfully unaware of all that because I think every time I flew in was at night. So. Oh yeah, yeah. When you land at Minneapolis, uh, I'll, I'll tell you my least favorite to land in was always Midway, because. Oh, Midway is just crazy. Because you are like, you come, like rolling, over 500 on, houses. You are rolling on people's rooftops coming into yeah, Midway. Definitely. You're going into Midway, oh, I'm, I'm watching people hanging their laundry, you're waving. <laughs> Midway is a oh, unique definitely. place to fly in and out of, I know, because it's all surrounded by neighborhoods. It's like the Wrigley Field right. of airports. Smack in the middle of the south side of, of Chicago, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite uh, memories of that time flying uh, in and out of Minneapolis was uh, landing at Midway from a weekend with, with uh, that young lady and uh, walking like a, a mile uh, over to Giordano's Pizza to mm-hmm. meet the guys mm-hmm. and just sitting there for uh, for an hour waiting on them to get there. And I'm glad was that it took them a long time because I was tired as hell. Oh, man. Was that the one um, up on Archer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I walked from the, the from the airport over to to the Giordano's because I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to catch a bus. Yeah. Because there was really that, what's the bowling alley over there. Miami, Miami Bowl. Bowl. Oh, I love Miami. I remember I was there one time. We, you all of us huh. went there one time after school, like last day of school. I remember all of us went to Miami Bowl one time. So only time I'd ever been mm-hmm. there, but. Like two different buildings, it was so big. I, I yeah. love that bowling alley. That was uh, there was Holiday Bowl was like that up on Harlem. I don't know if you ever remember uh-huh. that place. Uh, that was the one that was seventy two lanes. Back when, yeah. like you're talking like the mega bowling alleys, and that place and it's gone now. There's, it's not there anymore. But it was right. so big. It was thirty six lanes on one side. It was like that was one half of the building, and then there was a center area, and then thirty six more lanes on the other. It was just bowling lanes as far as the eye could see. Seventy two lanes mm-hmm. of bowling. In Miami, I want to say it was about a hundred. I, I literally think it was a hundred yeah. some odd lanes. That was a that was a big bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely remember because uh, we you know still fly into Midway all because we don't ever fly to O'Hare and we go back to Chicago because it's just uh, first of all uh, we usually fly Southwest Airlines because it's so much cheaper and uh, and Southwest only goes to Midway Airport. Um, but also any, you know, going to Chicago, usually staying with my uncle who lived on the south side, and now he lives in the suburbs. 
Um, it, it would have been, you know, logistically a nightmare to fly into O'Hare and then try to get over to where my uncle lived. Oh, wow. Clear across the city, you know, all the way on the other side. So it made all the sense in the world to fly in the Midway. So, yeah, I'm definitely familiar uh, with flying in the Midway and flying out and, and how uh, weird it is to yeah, drop right pretty much in the middle of, of the neighborhood over there. Um, and it, it, it's, danger, it's, it's dangerous and, you know, understandably so. You're surrounded by that many houses. There's, uh, it, it feels like in the winter there's always a you know a, a story like every week about a plane uh, running off the the, the runway in Midway. So that's just that. Oh, I rem- that, that's I not remember, unusual at all. I remember if I was, I, I, God, it has to be within the last ten or fifteen years when they had that plane that ran into traffic at Midway. Yes, right at Cicero and Forty Seventh through there. And the, 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 like, there's pictures of this. People probably go find it online right now of, of the plane just basically sitting in traffic mm-hmm. on its belly because it ran off the runway and ended up like killing somebody in their car. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that close. I mean, there's not a lot of airports like major airports anymore that are that surrounded by neighborhoods. I mean, Midway's a weird airport. Uh, but I just looked it up yeah. here. Uh, yeah, how, uh, Miami Bowl closed. In 2004, yeah, 80 lanes. 80, okay. 80 lanes. So yeah, crazy. Was, uh, they were open. What, 1955, they opened up. Man, and last man, last I until 2004. How, how big it was! You go and oh, it's a busy Saturday night. Man, those 40 lanes there—they all looks like somebody is on all of them. You know what? Go over to the other side. There's a whole another forty lanes over there. <laughs> so it was uh, it was quite the quite the place to go. Yeah, we have uh, a we have, we have a, a decent size uh, we have a, a pretty decent sized bowling alley here, but it's maybe forty lanes. You know. Uh, yeah, not like those not, old not, man. Not, those places they'd have the high roofs on the inside, and they would just go and go and go. Yep. Yeah, they don't make them like that anymore. Uh, no, no. Well, I don't think the interest in bowling is um, all that what it was. Maybe not, but also uh, you're getting priced out because there's uh, we. I just had the experience a couple of weeks ago that um, I wanted to right before the cruise. I wanted to go bowl by myself a couple of lines just to yeah uh, get get some exercise in. And for the first time, I went over to this place called the Main Event down here. It's a uh, entertainment, I guess, is the only way to describe it. It's basically like a almost like a Dave and Buster's type place uh, with a bowling alley. So you got you can play arcade games, you can do a whole bunch of other stuff, um, and you can also bowl if you want to. So I walk in there. I think I looked up prices one time before at Main Event, maybe like a year ago. And I want to say it was, uh, I don't even remember what it was. The number 10 is, is rattling in my head, like maybe uh, 10, maybe $10 an hour or maybe $10 for three games. Something, something about $10 I thought I was going to have to pay when I walked in there. So I walk in, I got my bowling ball on my shoulder, and I think I saw the sign. Uh, above the line, above the lanes before I had talked to anybody, and it was said something about like twenty six dollars an hour. Wow! And so I For walked bowling. over to the guy and I, com- 
I confirmed. I said, is it? Can you? So it doesn't cost like per game to bowl. I have to. It, it's an hour, and you have to. And it's twenty six. And he actually says um, that's before the taxes and shoes and whatnot. It's actually more like thirty, thirty, thirty five, something like that. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And I turned right around and left. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you bowling yeah. doesn't cost that here. Uh, but I, I, I can remember we used to bowl leagues, like summer leagues and stuff, and winter leagues. And the place that we bowled at, if you were in the league, you could bowl a buck a game. Nice. I mean, I can remember we'd finish our three games and then me and my friends and anybody, you know, we'd stay there and we'd bowl eight, nine more games. I mean, your my arm would be full like it was falling off the next day. Just bowling sure. for a buck. <laughs> uh, it doesn't cost anywhere. Could not have good for us bowling that much. <laughs> well, That's a lot. It's exercise. So it's, it's exercise, know. but man, I can tell you my knees and my arm felt it the next day. Certainly. But it doesn't cost nearly that much to bowl over here at my home bowling alley, Cordova Bowl. I was just going to main event trying to, to you know, go somewhere different because uh, all these years I've lived down here, 10 years, I've never bowled anywhere other than Cordova Bowl. But I was, you know, trying. There, there's there's not that many bowling alleys down here. It's certainly not like Chicago. Um, and one of them I don't ever want to go to. Um, i trying to remember the name of it, but someone got shot over there like a couple oh, years ago. Trying not to ever go there. Um, plus, that neighborhood is not the the best anyway. Um, but as far as like places near me, there's pretty much Cordova Bowl, which is an eight minute drive, and this main event place is right here, like five minute drive. That's about it. And I'd never been to main events, so I finally decided to give it a try. And I said, "Oh, it's going to cost that? No, thank you." Um, Cordova Bowl is very old school. Is not as old as my, my alley in Chicago, Marigold Bowl, which also is torn down, um, which they didn't even – I don't think they ever got around to electronic scoring. I think they were uh, pencil and paper the entire time, yeah. which I love that. Um, here, Cordova Bowl is not quite that old school. They do have screens. They don't work half the time, but they do have electronic scoring. Um, but that's – you know, and, and they have a small little arcade area but and, and a jukebox and a pool room, but that's about it as far as, like, Bells and whistles. It's really, really uh, low key, old school. Uh, you know, smells like beer sometimes. Uh, one of those type of places. Um, and yeah, if you, let's see, my those rates are for Cordova Bowl. If if you go during the week from I think one in the afternoon to three, you can bowl for. It used to be five dollars a couple of years ago for for the, any however many games you want to get in between the hours of one and three, give them a five and you can just bowl. Um, and now it's <laughs> now it's yeah. like seven fifty. They, they they had to go uh, up two fifty because of the rates. Yeah. But when you compare that to twenty six dollars an hour, but like there's no way no, in hell that's ever that's ridiculous. Not for bowling. I'm cheap, but fuck, I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you. Thirty dollars to bowl for you know to bowl three games or something. That's that's funny because my you know my hometown bowl my my local bowl was was Waveland Bowl that was the one yeah and, it, and it's still there. There's not many that are still standing, but Waveland's still, still there. Going. And then when I was older and I was working and just coming out of high school and then you know and I'd be out with my friends so our bowling alley I don't know if you, you'd probably remember it was the Super Bowl. 
Uh, Did I ever get out, over to the Super out Bowl? Out Melrose Park by the racetrack. Yeah, and, I uh, um, I think I'm familiar with the place. I don't know if I ever yeah, it was there. way out there on North Avenue and not in a great part of Melrose. Melrose Park's not never really been a great place. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was, that was you know why? Because they were open and they were open late. I think that was one of those 24 hour uh, bowling alleys, and we would go there and actually uh, like bowl, play pool. It was mm-hmm. weird because we'd be at the pool hall, and then the pool hall would shut down at two, and we hadn't played enough pool. So we want to go play more pool. So we drive over to the Super Bowl and play pool <laughs> on, on these on these shitty, not level uh, coin-op machines. <laughs> I played a lot of pool Good old days. when I was young. Spent a lot of time in pool halls. I'm surprised I don't have lung cancer from breathing. I don't smoke, but <laughs> I, I might as well have breathing in pool hall air. Well, I should have uh, lung cancer just being around my grandmother who smoked like a chimney. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just looked it up. Waveland Bowl still kicking after all these years. Yeah, but but how many of them aren't anymore? That's a, that's a, I wonder how many that we've been through over the years. That if we remembered them all and looked them up, how many are still actually standing? Yeah. So, so I'm curious here. They have their rates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monday through Friday, uh, ten dollars per hour. That's completely fair. Fifteen if it's after four p.m. and then on the weekends it's twenty dollars per hour. And so, so you could that, that inner city Chicago you can bowl cheaper than uh, yeah in Memphis. Oh, that's that one entertainment place because I'm sure yeah. the rates are probably similar at the Dave and Buster's. It's probably you know twenty five thirty dollars an hour there too. I, I wouldn't know because I haven't looked it up. But um, those big entertainment joints, yeah. I think those are the places that are gouging all the, the bowling prices. And, 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 you know, in the place that I bowled at in the league, I don't even remember the name of it. It was a little, I don't know, 12-lane place uh, out on Irving Park, out, out by, like, Irving and Central Park. Not a very big bowling alley, but it was the one where we bowled in our league. And it was a little bowling alley. And I, the thing I remember the most was the last place all these other places, it was all computer scoring. In this place, it was all by hand. And I liked that. Yeah, like Marigold. I liked yep. scoring by hand for bowling, you know? I did, too. And uh, you just can't do it anymore. It's a lost art. It took and a while to those, pick it up. Get you know, those sheets. Can. When you were in a league, you mm-hmm. know, you'd get those, like, see-through sheets because you had to put them up on yep. the thing. And then it would project it like, you know, you're doing the old, like, uh, with the school projector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the teachers would be writing on that. Like, Mr. Teske would come rolling that thing in, and then they'd be writing on there. It was like that, and it would project it up on the screen, and then you would write it all in, and you color in your strikes and your space, right? And, and you count your marks down at the bottom, and I, I, I was all over it. I loved scoring. Yeah, we had all of that at uh, Marigold, and even that reminded me of the uh, one older lady who got a bad reputation in our league uh, when Uh-oh. we were at Marigold because uh, you can uh, do some fudging of the scoring oh. if you want to. If you really want to be that person and cheat oh, at bowling, man. you really need to. <laughs> she, she had that reputation. She, she put in a spare here and there when somebody might not have had a spare. Oh, or, fun. Put in a strike when they when they didn't. Get a strike. You know? You've got to be pretty you low. You can do that. you got to be pretty low. That's 
pretty dated uh, bowling. That's somebody who just had to win. You know, we we've all met people like that in life. You have to win no matter what. Hell, you host a, a podcast with somebody like that. <laughs> that would cheat at bowling. No, but uh, uh, always feel like I if if I don't win, then it's it's just the, the end of the world. I always have to be the one. That, that, that you you should do this podcast with my daughter. Then you guys would really get along. <laughs> she is so she's competitive. competitive one. Oh yeah. my god, she's competitive with her brother. She's competitive. She plays these like uh, like video games online, you know, and yeah. uh, you know I, it's my fault. I'm, you know, she got that from me, but man, she's, and I know I was the same way. It's just so hard watching her be that like upset when she loses or, you know, cause it's like, you're trying to tell her like from experience that it's not worth it, right. you know? And, right, uh, right. it's hard. She's really, she gets, she's, she's lost some matches. She just cries and cries. She gets so mad and. She just wants to win all the time. I mean, when we were at that Cubs and Brewers game, right? Oh, yeah, you're telling me how she took that. She, you, oh, you would have thought that the, the puppy died when when they blew that lead. <laughs> and she's crying. I wanted them to win so bad. Yeah. And, you know, and I just put my arm around her and said, welcome to the life of being a Cubs fan, Trini. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and we know from experience you can't explain it to her uh, no, where no. To, to where she's going to understand it. She, no. she just has to grow out of it. She because she, she was just you know. crushed. And my son yeah. wasn't, you know, my son, you know, wanted the he likes the Brewers, and he was really excited. So I know that's part of the reason why she was so because there was that competitive <laughs> thing going between them. And then when the Brewers got knocked out uh, by the you know, eventual World Series champion Braves, and the Brewers get knocked out. Uh, my daughter was so such a sore like about that because she's just rubbing it. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh, you know, my my wife and son were watching it because the, you know, the, they like the Brewers and the Brewers get the last out and they get knocked out and my daughter didn't waste a minute to go good. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh man, just dancing on the grave. She just could not wait. Oh man. I mean, this is the girl yeah, that wears her Cubs jersey three out of every five days to school, and up until recently, all of her like her bed sheets, her pillowcase, all that was Cubs. She's got a whole like Cubs shrine on top of her dresser. So, just yeah, she's all about the Cubs. And I remember being that into my my fan and feeling like you know it was you know live or die every day if my team yeah. won or lost. And I I like I just, seeing that. I just don't. I wish she just wouldn't take it so hard. But I like seeing that, especially you know, she's nine. She she really she likes it. She's appreciates it because you, know, you just don't. I don't think the kids like we talk about this. They don't get that same experience growing up with sports like we had, like where we had to seek it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all just given to them now. Here it is. All the football you want to watch, all the baseball you want to watch. I can you know I can watch any team, anytime, anywhere. Even if I miss the game, I can go back and watch it. I can watch it right now. I could probably pick up any game from the whole season on my phone and watch it right now and, and just beginning to end. And, and we didn't have that. And we talk about that a lot on this show. But, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about the World Series, but that was also probably for a reason that was not very exciting postseason. Uh, it was it was a little strange. It was yeah. The World Series was um, fun to watch in the – 
respect of you had every game was sort of a referendum on the Astros world title from a couple of years ago. <laughs> and every, it was crazy. Yeah. Every single game, uh, if Altuve Homer all, it was legit. And the Astros are legit and everything was on the up and up this time. And they're uh, getting redemption. And if you struck out, oh, they're, they're cheaters. They're dirty cheaters. And they're getting their comeuppance. And it's good to see that. Yeah. It was you, you, the theme going back and forth was a little. Um, it was it was a little strange, but I, I liked it because it, it added something. Um, it was a storyline. Uh, the Braves being on the other side was a, a good foil because there's nothing you can really say about them that was bad. That everything that they did was by the book. Um, Freddie Freeman is a real good guy. You you had to root for him. Um, you had to root for the uh, franchise uh, watching their MVP candidate go down in the middle of the year with a torn ACL and then just making all these trades and revamping and turning their entire outfield around and all right, we're, we're back and we're going to do what we got to do. And we're going to play with the guy. We're going to play the hand that we got. We're going to play with these guys because we can't play with Ronald Acuna because he's out. Um, and we're just going to kick your ass anyway with a, with a whole new outfield. Right. Uh, and Jorge Soler being in the middle of that, uh, you, you're very familiar with him uh, from yeah. the Cubs. Uh, he I'm got familiar hot. watching him. He got hot. Yeah. That's, that's, that was the key with Soler. Was, he was so cold early. I know because he was on our fantasy team. And, but he got hot late. It, 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 you know, he's that kind of – he's got that bat where if he's hot, man, he, he, goes, he goes all Pedro Serrato on you, you know. He's the closest that comp I have for him. That wolf, that I mean, that hanging curveball he hit for about. He tried to hit that to orbit. the moon. That's orbit. That ball's still in orbit. <laughs> you know who caught that ball? William Shatner caught that ball when he was up in the space. But the way he swung, he swung so hard. Usually, Man. you don't see guys no. make contact when they swing that hard. Yeah. But he made contact, and it went that far. Like he was really trying to hit that ball. Like back yeah. to uh, to Chicago, basically, and I yeah, can see him. He's was... rubbing his bat, and I say, "Fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself." <laughs> and he just walked out there, and man, he did it too. That's some man. Glenn Allen Hill action right there. That's another guy. You want to talk about somebody who swung hard and meant it? Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a. The Gary Sheffield type swing. Just, yeah, he tried to hit the fuck out of that ball. Well, it also helps that it was a cookie. That never hurts. Sure. That never and hurts. Never hurts when you can load up on a cookie like that and, and, and just, yeah, but how many times do it, does a guy load up and overswing that hard and it just right, bounces right exactly back? That's exactly it. How you many know? times have we seen guys load up on something hanging and just pop it up because <laughs> they swung too damn hard at it? <laughs> and it break the bat over their knee. Yeah, no, that oh. that was absolutely uh, obliterated. But no, I, I liked the storyline of the Braves. I didn't get the chance to say it on the show. I actually had the Braves in six when the series started. So, that, you know, oh. I, there's no there's no proof. But I liked. I thought the Braves were. They already took out the best team in baseball when they beat the Dodgers. So I thought they were going to beat. And I didn't want Dusty to win the World Series. Um, of course. But uh, yeah, you know, you're gonna. The, you're going to host the Yahoo blog if you keep uh, predicting <laughs> no, series after I, they're over like no, that. No, no, no. We had nothing on it, but that was my feeling about it was that the Braves, and they did. 
Um, but yeah, there's no, I'm not patting myself on the back or nothing for that. Cause obviously it's after the fact. So anybody can say that. Um, but the ironic part of this with Atlanta winning the world series is they won this world series with nowhere even close to the best team they've fielded through all these years of not winning the world series. Huh. Yeah, that's how it works team, sometimes, but definitely not the best team they fielded, but maybe we say, quote, unquote, it was the best hottest team. team. That's all they were that hot. mattered. Exactly. It was the one hottest their best, team they've had. Their best pitching, and you know, but right. not, you know, they were, they, Houston was just throwing like Framber Valdez and these guys, they were just going out there. Guys who were dominant in the regular season, just going out there, just getting lit in the world series. Yeah. You know, and Atlanta got, yeah, they got hot. And, and they got hot late, just like the Nationals did a few years ago, right? Oh, yeah. You'd much rather be hot in, you know, October, you would, in September and October, than hot in June. That's, that's what it is. I I love baseball. I, I you know, watch it and, and you know, still uh, enjoy watching it. Uh, whole games, not just highlights and and bits and pieces. Uh, I feel like I'm one of the few people that actually watches uh, the games and, and enjoys every aspect of it. Uh, like uh, when I was scouting these games down here and scoring these games for the Redbirds, there yeah. were so few people still in the stadium at the end of those games. And I had to stay because I had to get every pitch, but uh, it, it was literally, you could look, look around the yard and literally see like you could count the number of people that were still there by the end of uh, a lot of these games. Like, Oh, let's see, about 10 over there down that line. Let's see, across the way, that, uh, maybe another 15. Let's see, who's behind me here? Uh, about 10. I'm like, okay, I, I can count like 50 people here at the end of the game and, you know, with all these empty seats. Uh, but but I, I love watching every, every aspect of the, of the game. But all of that said, really, it really is about who gets hot to, to win these championships. It's not the best team necessarily. It's the right. hottest team. It's the team – with guys that are the best at working counts, the best at drawing the pitchers out of the games and then getting after the other team's bullpen. Um, There's so much that goes into it that is not necessarily about the the best talent or the number one overall pick. Um, It's really about who can can focus and do what they need to do at the right time. Um, And it's a a skill. Not, Not everybody can do it. Um, the Braves did it. The Braves had a team full of guys that, that did it. Uh, there, there weren't too many cold guys on, on that in that lineup. They were pretty much all hot. Eddie Rosario got hot. Jock Peterson got yeah. hot for a while. Brooks Solaire. Uh, Austin was, Riley uh, got oh my incredibly gosh. hot there. He was hot against the Dodgers. And then, and then Freddie Freeman was cold as hell, took his yeah. time, figured it out, started flipping balls to the other way and getting base hits that way, and then – by the time Game Six came around, he's back to Freddie Freeman. He's hitting home runs again. Well, so yeah, it didn't. It he, didn't hurt when when Freddie uh, when when Freeman took uh, Josh Hader Oppo. Yeah. At the end of that series, yeah. you know, not, not the easiest thing to do. Um, sure. You know, and he just throws the bat at the ball and flicks that thing. You know, you know, you don't have to supply a lot of power against Hader, but it was weird when they. Brought him into that. Well, I, I'm not a council fan, but when they brought him into that game in a non-save situation, I was like, "Someone's homer in this inning off of him," <laughs> and it happened. Two outs, too. Seems like what that's when it usually happens. Yeah. I, I'm, All right. Well, that's three hours of of hot sports talk that we've given here. But we get and, one uh, back. 
Oh, that's right. See the, uh, the fallback. That's right. So it's really only oh. 11 o'clock, so we're okay. <laughs> Not saying we should keep I mean, going. I'm just My no. throat can't take another hour. Yeah, me, me neither. Uh, but it is my favorite uh, time of year with the uh, the fallback because it reminds me of uh, being in the strip club with, with Dave the movie expert and, and some other friends and got, girls got to got to twerk an extra hour. You thought you were closing up at five and you're kind of closing at six because you, you, two o'clock <laughs> happened. It's two o'clock again. What? Yes. Keep going, oh, man. <laughs> we got more singles for you. Uh, but to be young and stupid. Uh, but yeah, everybody is uh, gonna fall back. I was—I think I got that in in the live portion because it truly doesn't matter to say that now because it's obviously uh, not going to be heard until tomorrow by anybody. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's gonna about wrap it up for us. Uh, don't know if we had too much else uh, that we needed to get to. Um, I think we got our opinions out there about the the newsmakers about Aaron Rodgers and uh, Von Miller and Henry Ruggs and all that. Um, so I think we're, we're on the record with all of that stuff. That, that was crazy to see that that Henry Ruggs thing come down. It's like he did what? He was running yeah. how fast? He, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, the 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 list of counts that that he is on the hook yeah. for right now is just what? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, you know what? You, you think I know what these guys think? They're invincible, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you know, they, I'm in the NFL, own, bitch. I can do what I want. Um, I own the town. I can I can drive my car 150 some miles an hour down the street. 156. Oh man! But uh, two times the legal limit, drunk. Yeah. Two. Let's Going see. Two 1. felony 6. charges. Two felony charges uh, of DUI and reckless driving, resulting in death. Um, and now he's got what else here? Uh, fire possession of a firearm car, under the, the influence. Yeah, n- not good. Not good. And and uh, yeah. And my wife was laughing at something she saw on Twitter real quick. Apparently, some people. And this was just kind of uh, fueling your uh, situation as far as thinking that social media is the end of the world and it's the devil. Uh, she was reading something that somebody some random person don't know who it was was of the opinion that the girlfriend in the car was derelict in her duties being the girlfriend of the NFL star. Apparently she needed to make sure that she was in position to take the rap for all of this, that she was derelict because she wasn't able, I guess she's supposed to get out of her seat after the car gets crashed at 150 miles an hour and put herself in his position to make sure that she takes the the fall for him so that he, his NFL career doesn't come to an end, but she, because she wasn't able to do that. um, And this person was like ripping her a new one. Oh, you can have this kid and you can spend all his NFL money. But then when it comes down to it, you can't take the fall and you can't do that. You ain't shit. You just, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Wow, Who I had not heard that comes one up yet. With that. Yeah, that doesn't give you much faith in humanity that that somebody no. is gonna. This must have been a, a Raiders fan, I guess. Like probably like, you either that or like a either that or a, a fellow hoochie mama that thinks that hey, if I was in that position, I'd have made sure my man wouldn't have taken the fall. But like, what now, are you talking about? Forget forget the fact here that she was injured in the crash. 
I mean, she 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 had to have surgery. She she didn't just you know she wasn't just doesn't matter. Yeah. Should have taken care of her man. Yeah, I just kind of like rolled my eyes when my wife was reading me yeah. that. Like, okay, whatever. You get that sense that that rugs is. I mean, you got to be dealing with some stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's playing football ever again. I don't know if he's going to get out of jail in 10 years. Yeah, uh, I so mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, this is like the all of infamy instant classic right here. <laughs> he's very infamous. He's going to go down in, in history for, for doing this. There's no doubt about that. Very, very yeah. infamous. So, yeah, that, that was a downer. And, uh, you know, but I got a joke <laughs> in on it, so that's good. I, I, I there you caught go. You. Caught you off guard. <laughs> Too soon. You know me. <laughs> I should have seen it coming with, with you. I, I should have expected that. All right. Um, so well, that's, the, that's the problem for poor Henry. You won't see it coming. I, we're, we're in the after after show. I don't have any sound drops anymore. I don't. Uh, you can't come I don't have any outro music. I can't. <laughs> I, I can cut you off. I can end the. I could just completely cut you out and end the show that way, but no. Um, but yeah, we're 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 pretty much done after that. Um, so everything is uh, for next week uh, normal uh, yeah. back to Saturday again. I, I honestly am normal on my schedule now. Rest of the season, unless something comes up like a like a holiday thing or something. But right, I got yeah. I've got pretty redlands where my wife and I plan like a like a like a date night or something, but yeah, nothing nothing coming down uh this week, so I, I should be pretty regular for Saturdays you know, now through the end of the season. No okay, trips, good, no nothing, nothing major planned. Except I mean obviously uh Christmas night is a Saturday this year, so that'll be a little interesting oh. how we wanna handle that I have a feeling we're going to be doing our show that week on a Thursday because we got Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, Friday, Saturday, so we might be doing mm-hmm. an early show. Um, but the, I'm assuming there's going to be games on Christmas Day. I'm sure there is. I can right because we're getting to that. Very yeah, quickly. but yeah. So I would say uh, that's the only week for me. I think that will be tricky. Well, for either one of us, because he, I'm assuming neither one of us. I don't think I. I think I'd be getting some side eye from the wife if I decided <laughs> to do a show on Christmas Eve or Christmas night. Uh, week sixteen, Thursday. There's a Thursday nighter. There are uh, two Saturday games. Okay. Uh, late late afternoon and then evening, and then the regular Sunday schedule. Yeah. So my my sense is we'll be doing a show the night of the twenty third. Okay, during during the 49ers Titans uh Thursday night. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that it, which uh, again looked like it was going to be a damn good game at, at some point. Yeah. Um, and then the next the next Saturday after that is New Year's night, but that's not a big deal. Uh, I can, you know. As far as doing a show on the okay. night of January 1 versus doing one on New Year's Eve, I don't think I'd be doing a show on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, yeah, New Year's night. Yeah, I don't think uh, that's a should be a problem for either one of us. So, but yeah, the uh, week sixteen will be uh, 
Yeah, you're saying probably Thursday uh, the 23rd. Um, yeah, that, that's the first week that the Saturday game starts, so we don't have to worry about Saturday games until week 16. So we okay. should be uh, Saturday night uh, up until then. That sounds like it's a go. All right, so we will be back next Saturday night, same time, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, to recap week nine, which hopefully will be much better for me than last week, Um, and look ahead to week 10 uh, in the NFL. (laughs) Yes, hopefully, please. Uh, Everybody enjoy your football tomorrow. Try to not uh, drink and drive and go too two times the ahead of the uh, drinking limits and go crashing into a, a raft floor. That would be bad news for everybody involved. All right, everybody enjoy your football tomorrow. He's Jay. I am Dre. This has been a very long football party and much less detailed a podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll be back to talk to you again next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.